J-Dubs. There's something else I ask you. I ask for you to pray for this great nation. The Hideouts. We did not authorize assassination squads. We did not authorize the resurrection of COINTELPRO. We did not authorize the repeal of the Bill of Rights. We did not authorize the revocation of the Constitution. We did not authorize national identity cards. We did not authorize the eye of Big Brother to peer from cameras throughout our cities. We did not authorize an eye for an eye. We did not authorize this administration to wage war anytime, anywhere, anyhow it pleases. We did not authorize war without end. We did not authorize. 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 The hideouts. LFA and J-Dubs. 106.7 WGFA. Mi gente. Let's do this damn thing. Welcome into the hideout with Elhefe and J-Dubs. I'm J-Dubs. I am in Washington, D.C. Elhefe is in Dallas right now at Live 105.3 in Dallas. And there is a lot more room in the studio today. It, it, it feels more roomy. Uh, already, man, I'm I'm so far away. I can't even. Uh, the fat jokes are already uh, flying from Washington D.C. to Dallas. I'm gonna be pummeling you with them tonight. Outstanding, mi gente. Was mi gente. It's, it was a horrible impression, J-Dubs. Welcome to the Hideout, 106.7 WJFK, of course, in Washington, D.C. That is J-Dubs. Broadcasting from W... Actually, it's KLLI, Live 105.3 in Dallas. Uh, I am half a sideshow engineering the show. Uh, Bateman will be taking your phone calls. 800. Actually, what phone numbers are we using, Dubs? Our, uh, we're using the 866. No, we aren't, because they don't look like they're working in the studio. <laughs> so 1-800-636-1067-202-432-1067. Let me say this. I have so much that I want to say. Let me start by saying JFK has to be the redheaded stepchild of Infinity Broadcasting, despite the fact that we make a lot of money for this company. We are by far the armpit of the of the radio division because here at KLLI in Dallas they have outstanding beautiful studios dubs they have two separate on-air studios i, I hear that's the standard usually the russ martin show uh good show here uh, at afternoons at KLLI has its own studio the producer dan a uh, very nice guy was giving me a look around don and mike are so getting shafted yeah, uh, it was as I run Fez, you know. But for Don and Mike to be nationally syndicated and have to share the same studio with, you know, board ops like Sideshow who run the overnights, you know what I mean? I mean, I go into Russ Martin's studio. They've got like a liquor cabinet in the corner. Uh, Russ has like this big leather couch that he sits on to do his show. Wow. I mean, it's very reminiscent. Uh, at least of what Howard has set up, where it's his own personal workspace. You know, Ron and Fez were telling me about their old studio that they used to have, and I thought they were kind of just BSing me because they said they had like a full bar, you know, a liquor cabinet, all that kind of stuff, and I've never seen something like that, but they have that over at KLI, huh? Why does JFK suck? <laughs> Question one, 800-636-1067, Why does JFK suck? I'm getting a little feedback there. I don't know what that is. Something happened uh, when um, I'm starting to hear myself. Yeah, I can hear a little bit of a reverb on you, too, like a, kind of a bounce back. It, it just happened. Okay, there we go. Sounds much better now. Um, but uh, are, are the, 
When he's taking the calls, are they going over the air right away? Well, I turned the phones on, and they're on program, and right when I turned up the levels, that's when Hefe City heard the echo. Oh, maybe it's because we have set up different because you're out there. All right, well, let's well, we'll see if we can... Okay. We'll get window on the phone, and we'll check it out. But my whole point to this is, that's even what I'm saying. <laughs> Look at what happens at JFK. I got to tell you, Jay Walker, the engineer here, uh, Lee, Gavin, Dan... These people had me set up fat. It's so beautiful, Dub, because they say um, Saturday, April 10th, uh, 5 to 10, you know, here in their time, the El Jefe Show will be broadcasting live from KLLI in Dallas. And they just had everything set up for me, man. I was able to walk right in, push a couple of buttons, and it's ready to go. And I wonder why things have to be so goddamn hard at JFK. No, have they, Tell me, tell me, like, uh, or you, uh, these guys have separate studios for their shows and stuff. What kind of situation are you in? Tell me your surroundings. Actually, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm in a studio that is very reminiscent of JFK. It's a little uh, crap production room, and it has about three microphones. But I'll tell you this: the production rooms are air quality. You go into J- like, oh, yeah. like these guys, you go into JFK in the production rooms. You people try to cut audition tapes and stuff in there, and they can't because it's just so decrepit and and broken. The funny and thing, I, the funny thing about JFK uh, production studios, only one mic out of the four mics in each studio is quality. You know, the other ones are very tinny or have some big major problems with it. And yet, if you have multiple mics on. Then you know you get this real nasty feel, and I know a lot of this is inside radio stuff. Yeah. But the real point of this is that something's wrong with JFK because I'm willing to go through the books, and I would know that JFK makes more money than KLLI does Eric. than our sister station down here in Dallas. I am I'm willing to bet the farm on it. But you know what I think it is, Dumps? Yeah. I I think. It is because of the fact, because we, and we talked about this last week, I think, about companies screwing the employees and cutting corners. By the way, how awkward was that when Alan was like, hey, I, uh, I heard that segment. Yeah, about the uh, cutting costs and how people get screwed at their jobs. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that's part of what it is, where at JFK, they're just cutting so many corners on so many things. I'm telling Dan, the dude here, Man, man, we're still running off of carts, which are basically eight tracks. And they're like, you gotta be kidding me. Cart, but they didn't even know they made those anymore. And they don't. Oh, no, they, so, they're, they're out of print. Uh, Eric, Eric, you're in the hideout. What's up, fellas? How's it going, Eric? Good, man. Hey, I listen to all the radio shows, and I hear everybody complaining about how it sucks. And uh, I agree that uh, they don't really know what they have until it's gone. You know, all the talent, Dynamite, Ron and Fez, you guys. And if they lost it, then they'd know, you know. I don't think they'd sweat it too much if they lost us. But thanks a lot. Eventually they would. At some point, I mean, whatever. What's everybody going to do on Saturday night? Oh, they'll listen to Big O and Dukes. Yeah. Oh, they'll actually leave their house. <laughs> um, I was listening to Big O and Dukes last night. No. They are they are the two biggest hacks I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> they were uh, they were doing some kind of thing where people had to freestyle rap about them. Oh, God. And I swear, every one of them was these 12-year-old little girls saying how hot they were. And you could tell that these girls couldn't even be out of grade school yet. Seriously, it was it was the most creepy and pathetic thing I've ever heard. Hey, dude, I'm not one to steal bits. 
I say we do that tonight in the hideout. I want you to call up and freestyle rap about the hideout. We want you, 14-year-old girl, to call up and sing how hot we are. And you'll win a Sopranos prize back. <laughs> Hell hath no fury like the family. Don't miss an all-new episode of The Sopranos this Sunday at 9, 8 central. And catch all-new episodes of HBO's new original series, Deadwood, at 10 p.m., 9 central, immediately following The Sopranos. Only on HBO. Actually, I don't... <laughs> you, know what the, you know what uh, the problem with uh, HBO is? Well, my hmm. problem with HBO, I never catch on to the uh, series until after they come out on, like, DVD or something. Mr. I'm... Show, I bought the DVD, and it's great. I wish I would have watched it when it was on. Um, Oz, I never really got into till last season. Now I'm buying the DVDs. It, and uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, too, but I can't watch I know it's still on, but I can't watch it because of I don't have HBO. My thing with all these shows is that because they are now out on DVD, I don't feel like I need to watch them on television anymore. Let me give you a perfect example. 24. 24 to me is an outstanding show. The first season was amazing. Last season, I thought, really held up its own, especially one of the coolest things in television. I even thought of when they set off that nuclear bomb um, on the show 24. But I love that show. And then I realized... You know, you sit here and they string you along and they make things go to sweeps and you have to watch things in February and in May and during November sweeps. And now, I mean, I noticed and I figured it out last year with FX or with 24 is that they will run an actual 24-hour marathon with FX, on FX after the whole season's been completed. And so me, all right, I can go without watching 24 when it's actually on so that I can catch all 24 episodes when the reruns are on FX, or better yet, when you can go rent it at Blockbuster or at Hollywood Video when you can just go sit down and catch the DVD box set and not have to sit there and be strung along for an entire six months. You know that, uh, that Oz DVD uh, box set I just grabbed from the station? Mm -hmm. I've already finished it. I have. It's eight hours of DVDs. I grabbed it two days ago. Watched it all already. That's how bored I am right now. Oh, you poor guy. So, see, this is a really weird time for you, huh? Yeah. My chick uh, flew back home to Michigan on Wednesday, and you flew out on Thursday. So I've had these last three or four days with no one around. And then two, Ron and Fez are on vacation. Yeah. So I had to run the best of last night as well. I want I, I want to get a little bit more into your personal life situation because I'm really interested to hear how Dubs entertains himself when I'm not around. It's, you know a, what I, it's a very, very odd thing. I, I kept a life log, and we'll be getting into that in a little bit, where I just recorded one of my days while I'm all alone. You know what I found, too, that seriously, we're the only friends that we have in that town. I know Tommy's becoming more of a friend. Although I don't want him to steal any chicks that we may be dating. Yeah. I know Sideshow would get a kick out of that. But we really are the only people that we like to hang out with, you and me. Yeah. Nobody else. Yeah, I mean, and when one of us isn't around, it's like a lost puppy dog. What are you supposed to do? Exactly. And we get tired of each other as well. And uh, what was that? That, that was me sitting back. Can you hear everything here? I can hear every little yes. creak. I can even hear you. I, you sound like a little airy, too. Like, I can I can hear a lot of air around you as well. But I'm sure. Can you, hear, can you hear my fat-ass breathing? That's probably what it is. 
I'm so fat. I can't. I can't even begin to describe how fat I am right now, and and how poisoned my body is. Because ever since I landed, man, it's been nothing but Bud Lights and Seven and Sevens and Whataburger and tortillas. It's so much to get to. But let's let's first. I guess now that we've got all this out of the way, man, I'm alive. I can't believe that I'm actually alive. And I know we spent a whole segment last week in the hideout talking about what if I died and would my legacy carry on and would somebody write something up in the post about me. And on it, and I know some people may stop and say, oh, well, wait, that was just radio fodder. That was just a chance for them to kill a segment. But I cannot tell you how seriously scared I was when I was about to get on that plane to fly from uh, BWI in Baltimore down to uh, Houston and eventually to Dallas. And Sideshow, uh, you'll get a kick out of this. I didn't get searched again. I and just can't believe that. If there's anybody to be searched when getting on a plane, it is me. It is, it is El Jefe. And we talked about this last week. I am as much as as much of a liberal as I am, yeah. as much as I am completely not for racial profiling, I want to say it's okay to do the racial profiling when it comes to flying in airplanes. And the fact that I've got my head shaved, I look like that uh, Zacharias Musawi guy or whoever, one, somebody who ended up getting busted for this whole thing. And I've got the long goatee, and I've got, you know, the, the, the dark skin. And, you know, you, you white people, we all look the same to you guys. And, True. And so, I mean, it's just really, really, I'm, I'm going into BWI. And it's so funny too because whenever I'm walking around, I always try to talk like, like very white. And not, not that I particularly have any sort of an accent as it is, but I always try to really enunciate to like make people yeah. feel better that I don't have any sort of an accent or anything. No matter what you're saying, all they hear, all they hear is this. Your mouth is moving, but all they can hear is. And I'm wondering too. At the same time, I'm wondering too if maybe they don't hear like Middle Eastern music, even though I am talking like this with the way that I would look. Yeah. You're right. They're thinking Mexican hat dance or something along those lines or snake charmer music. <laughs> so anyway, man, I'm just I'm so scared. But I figured out the key to this was staying up all night long the night before and packing, so that when I finally did get in the plane and fly down, it's a three-hour flight. It's like two hours fifty-five minutes. And uh, I just slept the whole way, and you you kind of you kind of realize how stupid it is, because you've flown before. I mean, just about everybody has flown, you know, had flown before nine eleven. A lot of people who fly now, yeah. you know, and you realize nothing's really changed. You know, no, really uh, as far as like the actual flying on an airplane, and it makes you feel more secure because I'm flying Southwest Airlines, and they've got you know everything padlocked in the cockpit, and you know you got to have a little code and. Although I tell you this, people did look at me strange a couple of times when I got up to go to the restroom because the <laughs> the restroom is at the front, like near the cockpit. So I'm standing up to walk up toward, you know, the restroom. Can't you hold it? No. Just for I, just for the comfort of everybody else on the plane? I would be I'd be like if you even walked by me going towards the, the front of the plane, I would be grabbing you and breaking your neck. Like tripping me, yeah. and like getting out your belt and like harnessing it around my neck. Yeah, you, you wouldn't make it up to the front if you walked by me on the plane. So what? I got to get a urinary tract infection. I got to get a kidney infection because I hold it. 
so that you can feel more comfortable on your flight? <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. I'm glad you see it my way. <laughs> Wait a second. That doesn't seem fair. And I really didn't want to get up. And then so I go, uh, you know, and then going into the restroom in one of these airplanes, too, just seems so weird because then you flush. And have you ever heard those stories, man? Is it just me or have you ever heard one of those stories of, like, the blocks of waste from airplanes? Are dropped at so many feet. Yeah, I've heard that. And then they end up, like, crashing through houses I, I think I think that's something old they don't do anymore, I, or maybe they do on international flights when they just drop them over the ocean. But I don't think when they're, you're just flying like five or six hours that they would they would dump that over, I, you know, land. I promise you that I've heard a story about them dropping waste and it landing in like a living room. It was just this big block of waste that I guess. I don't know if it comes out as liquid at first from the airplane and then freezes up into a solid block because it's so high up and it's so high up in the air. But it's really um, it's, you start thinking about that and you know, what if I'm in the restroom and it's what is it like that movie Airplane and then things start happening and then what do you do? Yeah. But as it turns out, man, there's no problem flying. Uh, little did I know, I'm not special and I wasn't gonna be on the single flight that crashed. Everything worked out. There was no were sadness you, to be had. Were you hearing this whole time? You know what? And we talked. We touched on this for a second last weekend, but I wouldn't listen to songs that were like anti-God or anything because you know I'm a big Marilyn Manson fan. There are a couple of songs from A Perfect Circle you and Tool. You aren't really a big God guy, but when when it's convenient, you you uh, turn to God. And I. Is that okay? No. Is there something wrong with that? No. I don't know. I, I mean, it, you know, when it's convenient to me. But yeah, man, so I'm not listening to songs like Judith. I'm not even listening to Marilyn Manson. Because to me, that's an automatic. Like, if you die while listening to Marilyn Manson or, you know, another another type artist like that. Yeah. No matter what good you've done, you're probably automatically going to hell. And there were even times where I was tempted. And I was a little bored, and I was like, man, I'd love to put in eulogy from Tool. Like, oh, wait a second. The plane goes down. I'm automatically dead. There's no way I'm going to be able to get through this. There's no way I'm getting into the pearly white gates. Oh, by the way, did you see the pics? Did you see the pics from last week when we sent Sideshow Jesus out? Oh, I haven't actually got a chance to take a look at them yet because I didn't have, uh, they were all zipped, and I didn't have a uh, thing to unzip them. Last week we sent Sideshow uh, out dressed as Jesus to protest Hellboy at the local movie theater. Sideshow, it ended up going fairly well, no? Didn't you get some phone numbers from that too? Yeah, it went pretty well. I mean, I didn't get my ass kicked. I got a couple threats from it. But, you know, yeah, it was, it was a big turnout for sure. You didn't get any phone numbers from chicks that came up to you and just were kind of enamored with the fact that you were dressed up as Jesus. By the way, masterscostumes.com, our uh, Halloween goddess hooked us, hooked us up with that. You didn't you didn't get any uh, tail from that? No, nah, I mean, people were screaming out numbers, but, you know, so much was going on at the time. <laughs> hey, speaking of hot chicks, let me ask you guys this. Okay. I get just a general question, all right? All right. Whenever you were on an airplane... And it's like Southwest Airlines has this thing where you can sit wherever you want. You don't have assigned seats. Whenever a hot chick sits next to you on the airplane, does that mean that she's interested? I think she's. I just, say yes. I think she's just trying to make nice with the terrorist. <laughs> don't kill me. Thinking maybe I could distract him with my uh, with my cleavage and my long legs so that he won't want to commit jihad. Or even if he does want to commit jihad, maybe he'll spare me. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. 
I'll, Maybe I'll he has be, a parachute and we'll jump out together. Yeah, I'll be your lady whore. You know, like, something like that. But, I'll be but one we, of your eight wives. <laughs> Just let me live. But I have this, I have this thought where, you know, I'm, I'm in the plane. I'm sitting there, you know, I'm all buckled in, and I've got my headphones, and I'm ready to go. And this this hot chick, and there were plenty of seats everywhere. You know, it wasn't like Baltimore to Houston was a very packed flight. And so she sits down next to me, and I'm just thinking, yeah, man, she's digging the look. <laughs> no, she isn't. She wants she wants to hang out. Maybe we should strike up a conversation. That doesn't happen to you. You don't think that's the first sign of interest? It's not. I don't think it's the first sign. Where were you sitting on the plane? Like towards the front, towards the back? Where? Yeah, I was up toward the front. Where was the bathroom at? Um, toward the front. Case closed. She was just so she she'd rather sit close to the bathroom than sitting close to me. Yeah. I think I I think that was basically it. I, I think you're looking way too far into it. 800-636-1067-202-432-1067. Did you uh, strike no. up a conversation with her or anything? Well, no, because I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to that. You know, I don't really have a lot of game. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? Or you're afraid you know. you're just going to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be laying your game on. All, all she hears is... <laughs> And, and so, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, trying to strike. She didn't, you know, at that point, I mean, there was a little small talk here or there, but you don't want to, you know, press the issue. But has have you, have you ever had any sort of a hookup on a plane? And that's the other thing, too. Like, even does this happen at the Metro? Because I get the same thing whenever I'm riding the Metro in D.C. I'm thinking there are plenty of other open seats around and this this hot chick you know decides that she's going to sit next to me she must be interested in maybe striking up a conversation maybe grabbing a beer maybe having my baby maybe she's itching for her wall to get stolen (laughs) all of this stuff goes through my head as i'm sitting here and i see and then you're so it's like this lottery too whenever you're sitting on the plane and there's the open seat next to you because then you know you always have the one matt albert just the big fat turd who was walking here, like, geez, this guy should have, he should have to pay for two plane tickets. I don't want him sitting next to me. Then you got the old lady who, you know, probably smells like Ben Gay. Then you got the dude, and you know, there's whatever with the dude. You know what? What's the worst about the dude? The the white business dude. He's the mm-hmm. guy that will talk you off the whole time about stuff you just don't want to say anything about. You know. And what about the etiquette of flying on the plane? There was this son of a bitch from Houston to Dallas the whole time, even though I had my headphones on, and I'm listening to A Perfect Circle. I'm hearing him talk about his his property and how he got a great deal, and, you know, he's selling this and he's buying that, and he's got this great business venture. And, like, what, you, why can we use our inside voices? Do you have to share your life story with everybody that's on the plane? Well, the thing with... Uh Whenever I talk on the plane, I think I'm talking way too loud because my ears are popping. Um, and I think everybody on the plane can hear whatever I'm saying. I I think it's just something messing with your head with your ear popping. But that's why I try not to even talk on the plane, you know? You don't ever strike up a conversation, especially if it's a hot girl next to you? Yeah, I will, but, you know, if it, but the whole time I'm thinking, am I yelling right now? Because I cannot really hear myself because my ears are popping so much. And is it worth it to, like, let's say you do strike up the conversation with the chick. Is it worth it to put in that time and effort? And let's say you even exchange phone numbers. What are the chances of you ever hooking up? 
do you think maybe, hey, maybe we just happen to both be in town. We can go get a, a hotel, you know, maybe hook up at the Marriott or the Holiday Inn I think Chingy. I think the hope is if it's a hot chick, maybe a little bit older, she's going on a business trip. You're going to the same place. You know, what happens in Dallas stays in Dallas, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook up with this chick. Give her a couple uh, Bloody Marys when we land at the uh, airport, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it. Hmm. Now, that's the other thing too, man. I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's because I'm 26 now or what, but there's something about the middle-aged chick that now has become more and more hot. And I don't know if it's because they seem to be more attainable or what, but you're right. Because I see these chicks like you know getting back to the people walking down the aisle looking for their seat in the airplane. And the lottery used to be, you would feel like you hit the lottery if you got the hot college-age chick. Yeah. Who was maybe going home for spring break and stuff. But, you know, you look at me, you think about things in the grand scheme of things. That's just, it ain't going to happen. But you do have the middle-aged, you know, the middle-aged lady. Maybe she's a businesswoman. Maybe she's whatever. She's going to visit family. Maybe between the ages of, like, 30, 32 and 37, you know, where they're still holding on. You can see it slipping just a little bit. Yeah. But they're still in that sexual peak. And so you know that there's something about them, and you know they want to get into it a little bit. And so, you know, that to me is when you hit the lottery on the plane, because they're more likely to talk to you, too. And then at the same time, they're going to appreciate a, long, a young buck like me, 26-year-old guy. Have you, ever, a young... have you ever had someone shoot you down and not want to talk to you while you're on the plane? Or have you just tried to stick to yourself? You know, I'm so, but that's, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. This thing about rejection, so bad that I, I honestly don't get, I don't worry about that. I don't even try to strike up the conversation. So I, I've never been struck down. Uh, I, I have been the guy that's like not interested in talking. You know what I mean? Like where the guy, the guy next to me wants to tell me about his real estate ventures. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. And then I put my headphones on and ignore him the rest of the time. So I've never been the person rejected, but I have been the, uh, the the person who does the rejecting, which oddly in my life is very weird. That doesn't happen a whole hell of a lot. That's a flip-flop from normal. Now, let me tell you this. One other final thing about flying. I just noticed this. I, and again, I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's my fascination with high school, but the flight attendants. Is that, do you think, quite possibly the best job that a hot chick from high school could ever get, like a hot, stupid chick. Because, of course, you have smart girls who go on to do great things. Maybe they're working in Washington, D.C. right now. And, you know, they were the one of the very few hot, smart girls. But you know what I mean? Like the cheerleader types who were always, like, didn't really care about school. Yeah. They didn't go to college. Maybe they dropped out of college. Or maybe they just went to college to get major in MRS, um, their MRS degree. Do you remember uh, over at our old station that girl named Lee? She was, like, the uh, radio whore of the station. She was, she she slept with uh, Porter, uh, Brock, <laughs> Mojo. Yeah, I do uh, remember. She's a stewardess now somewhere. I don't know what what flight she's for, but th that's the type of person, you know. It's the type of person that really wants to uh, be someone important, be able to uh, you know brag about her job, but not a whole lot going down on upstairs, and you know wants to sleep with people in other towns. She, I bet you she's sleeping <laughs> with someone over at the edge in Albany now. That's so true. 800-636-1067-202-432-1067. Hefe, John wants to tell us about the emptied waste in planes. John. Oh, cool. You there, John? Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's up, bro? 
Hey, man, I worked at uh, Dulles Airport. I was a ramp agent. Like, we unloaded and loaded the planes. Part of our job was to empty the uh, the bathrooms into a special cart thing. So they didn't actually dump it over stuff. We had to dump it when they when they landed. Is that okay. true for international and uh, domestic flights or just? Yeah, for the international ones, they actually have these big trucks that pull up underneath, and they, they're like dump trucks, and they uh, just dump Literally. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, John. I swear, though, man, maybe Tommy can do a a, a Google search on the AOL for broadband I think and see if he can find a story, because I, I know I've heard a story of blocks of ice waste dropping out of the air and landing in homes. Why don't you write uh, into Mythbusters? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I mean, I think it's something that could be solved easily. I'm sure there are other people. I mean, there are three airports in the region, Dulles, Reagan, and uh, BWI. We're, there's got to be a pilot or a stewardess or somebody who could give us the answer to this. Hefe, uh, since you've been out there, have you been able to look on DCR TV's mailbag? Uh, no, I haven't. Sorry, Dave. Someone uh, put up on there that you got killed in the plane crash. <laughs> But did they really? Yeah. And nobody cared. It's a very, very long one, so I'm not going to uh, read the whole thing. But just got some really sad news. We just lost an American hero, a jefe of the hideout on WJFK. The Post is reporting that a jefe was on board a flight from Washington to Dallas when the plane was suddenly crashed. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me see if uh, there's anything else funny in here. That's cool. Well, I guess somebody's paying attention. If nothing else, people are interested in the life of El Jefe. All right. <laughs> Management at WJFK has reportedly already replaced the hideout with the far superior J-Dub's treehouse. All right, did you post that? I did you go to, to PCRTV.com and post that, you no. lying son of a bitch? No, Jason on uh, the 8th. <laughs> <laughs> far superior treehouse what? Um, that's funny. Oh, wait. Yeah. What? And uh, and WJFK has hired the member a member of the National Zoo's primate house to fulfill the dump bunt responsibilities Hefe had for the Ron and Fez show. So you've been okay, replaced first, by a monkey. First of all, I am a content editor. I don't know what this dump button is that you speak of. Okay, I am a I'm an integral part to the FCC compliance of WJFK. By the way, speaking of the FCC, real quick. What's the mood like after everything that's been going down with Howard getting slapped with fines and stuff? What's it like up there? You know how I called you, uh, what was it, Thursday, early yeah. afternoon? No mm -hmm. one even knew about it up here yet until I'm like, so what's up with those uh, stern fines? The thing is, have you heard exactly what they are? No. $495,000 only on the clear channel stations. Come on! All right, I'm sure Howard is going to cover this Monday morning. And Howard, by the way, is also broadcast here in Dallas on Live 105.3 along with up uh, where you are, Dubs, at WJFK. Do you not see the link? Does nobody else see this conspiracy? Does nobody no, else see it, the, the only The only stations that he's, the, he's being fined at are the Clear Channel stations. Infinity, Infinity didn't catch a, a penalty. To me, this rings so hardcore of somehow the government or FCC trying to bail out Clear Channel. I know this sounds really weird. How are they trying to bail them out? By finding, how, by finding the Clear Channel stations yeah. that held Howard, they are now giving Clear Channel a legitimate reason as to cancel Howard and get out of the contract. 
in essence, almost proving Clear Channel right because Clear Channel pulled the plug on Howard for being quote unquote indecent. Now and here, now the FCC has given it leg- legitimacy. Now here's my uh, my theory on it. What they're doing, they're gonna they are finding Clear Channel all these things for uh, Elliot. Uh, Bubble Love Sponge and Howard Stern now, so they can set a president that, all right, hey, Clear Channel's paying all these fines, and when they increase the fines, they're going to hit Infinity really hard with them, and, you know, uh, Infinity will have nowhere to turn because Clear Channel paid all theirs. To me, this, to me, this smacks even more as some sort of a conspiracy. And I know it sounds weird, and I know a lot of people it, it don't sounds care. nuts, but no, yeah, and no one cares. That's, that's the terrible it, thing about it. 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 And this is what Howard's been screaming about. And I promise you, Howard's going to say something very similar to what I just said and what Dubs and I just said. It just seems so horribly apparent. And I was actually, I've been trying to keep up with the business and what's going on. And I was reading a couple of things on, like, allaccess.com about how Infinity may catch it soon. And I think you're right. I think they're laying some sort of a precedent. It's just, you know, it's so funny, man, and I'm going to get into this a lot more. I mean, the hideout just getting started. I am broadcasting live from Dallas. I'm El Jefe. That's J-Dubs in Washington, D.C. But, Dubs, more and more, man, as I walk around and, like, because I've, I've been drunk. I'm not going to lie. I've been drunk for, drunk for about the past 48 hours. But I walk around, and I notice that people don't even know what's going on. People don't even care. And it's it's weird because I'm going to like these these events that are almost distractions. I'm going to tell you about my trip to the Maverick game, how opening day with the Rangers, how I went to this bar, and it almost seems like people don't even care that their freedoms are slowly being taken away, as long as they can still get drunk, as long as they can still watch the Mavericks or the Lions or the Washington Redskins. It's like you have almost these diversions set up from you caring about your freedoms and you don't even think so much that your freedoms are taken away because you can still go get a drink because you can still watch your favorite sports team but you know slowly but surely you're not going to be able to listen to your favorite radio shows and don't think it's going to stop with radio don't think that TV isn't next on the horizon for everybody to look I mean they're already trying to uh, go after pay-per-view porn yeah, exactly. Don't think that not only broadcast, don't think that satellite isn't going to be looked at. Not only satellite radio, but also satellite TV, cable, like you said, pay-per-view porn, you know? And it's just, I mean, I, I know more and more, and people don't want to hear about it. It's a Saturday night. Yeah. But that's even almost my point. My point is, I'm out at a Friday night. People are getting drunk. They're getting lit up. They're having a great time. They're groping on middle-aged women. And... They don't care about what's going on and what the, and what the administration's doing, and it's not even just this administration. I'm saying I'm so disappointed in the Democrats too for not stepping up with this. But I just I don't know, man. This whole conspiracy theory went through my mind of, you know, people are just being deadened on the weekends with alcohol and you know with sporting events, just kind of mindless activities that they can look forward to. But you know they don't end up caring about what's going on the rest you know on the rest of the country and how their uh, the constitution's being obliterated. The problem with the the Democrats right now, they are trying to just stay underneath the radar and make uh, let Bush make all the mistakes so they can get into office. They have to be a little more active right now. Yeah, you know they have to not worry about making the mistakes is trying to make stuff happen because nothing's going on right now. Everything's you know moving backwards. And sadly, too, man, I'll say this, and we're not going to, trust me, we're not going to talk a lot of politics because yeah. i got so many stories for you. But let me say, 
to me, and maybe this is just me, and I this comes from a Democrat. Democrats don't really tend to be leaders, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. They tend to you know they tend to, to huddle up and to have a lot of progressive ideas, but they're not nearly as organized as the other side is. And so you don't have that leader out there stemming up. And who should be Kerry? I mean, Kerry's the one who should be stepping up at this point. You know, yeah. if he, and, if he, he got, and he's the biggest one, just trying to lay low. Yeah. You know, float under the radar. I, and I don't you know want to make any mistakes. You know what? It'll, it might work for him too, because there's a lot of stuff going on right now that are pissing people off about Bush. But it, I don't think it's the right way to run anything. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this: Have you seen the uh, Choose or Lose on MTV? No. Choose or Lose on MTV, he actually covered this issue. You know, he talked about how censorship is wrong and it's not in the government's place to uh, to be censoring. Now, at the same time, too, he also said that there needs to be some sort of monitoring, monitoring and some sort of accountability. But he took a much stronger sense or stance on MTV, which to me is great. But you got to do it like when you're on, you know, when you're on with Russert. You got to do it when you're on CNN. You got to right. do it when you got these bigger platforms. You don't do it just to be talking to the, you know, the 18 to 25 year olds that are on MTV. Trust me, the rest of America cares about this. I mean, so many people now, even family members, would be like, "Wow, what's going on? How's your industry?" They ask me about Howard. How's he doing? I'm say, "Hey, he's hanging in there." I chatted with Baba Booey the other day. He's cool. Hey, uh, uh, Tommy just gave me a uh, thing on the uh, dropping waste from the air. Mm-hmm. The FAA does not permit dumping of laboratory waste while while in flight, but they, uh, there's a condensation from uh, leaks in the uh, lavatory that will freeze up outside the plane and just start falling. And that, All right, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Because yeah. I, I, I flew down to Dallas. I'm broadcasting live from Dallas, and everything is safe. I made it okay. Now, I still have three flights to go. I still got to fly to West Texas and back down to Houston, and then eventually up back to Baltimore. All right, one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven two zero two four three two one zero six seven. We're going to take a break in a minute, Hefe. No, yeah, definitely. I just want to say that's our little political rant there, and you know we're going to have fun entertaining you the rest of the show. But you know, please stay informed. Please know what's going on. Please care. If nothing else, please give a damn. All right, Hefe is broadcasting live from Live 105 in Dallas. I am here in Washington, D.C. It is The Hideout with El Hefe and J-Dubs on 106.7 WJFK. The Hideout featuring El Hefe and J-Dubs. Give me a rusty hanger. I'm going to fork the a-hole right out of you. The Hideout. You're listening to Cameron Gray's Man Crush. You have 11 news messages. Just check it in. Give me a ring. I'm at 555-4329. Cameron. I'm at a payphone. There, pick up. Pick up, 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 pick up. Okay, I'll be home later. Freeze. Okay, I'm home. Give me a buzz when you get in. I'll be here pretty much all night. Man crush. Hey, man. Me again. I was just taking a whiz. Thought you might have called. Okay, later. Man crush. We're having ourselves quite a little game of phone tag here. Man crush. I'm just blow drying my hair. Uh, thought I heard the phone. You're listening to Cameron Gray's Man Crush. L. Hefe's Hideout. Washington's 106.7 WJFK. It is the Hideout. I am J-Dubs. El Hefe is at Live 105.3 in Dallas, Texas on vacation. Uh, Hefe, we got a call from Cameron during the break. <laughs> I guess... 
I guess uh, we forgot to take you off the board. God, I'm not there, and you guys can't do anything right. I guess not. And uh, he got a call from one of his friends, and he was panicked because... He thought we might be swearing at each other for some reason. Yeah, and, we're, that, we're that stupid. And he was worried about the whole uh, thing that happened in Atlanta. Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah, where well, those guys accidentally played something or whatever. They, they played two people having sex in the studio. And what they were going to do, they were going to you know, record two people having sex in their studio during the break mm-hmm. and then play it back during the uh, during the. Uh, the next uh, segment, but play it backwards. So if anybody, wa- so if anybody wanted it, they could just you know record it, flip it around, and then you, you're playing two people having sex on the radio, which is I, I, I give, I'll give it to him. It was kind of inventive, but you're a retard because you forgot to turn the mics off. And, and oh, wait, you got. You no, guys be- are the retards. You just forgot to turn the mics off. But we weren't doing anything that we knew was <laughs> offensive. You know, you know you're doing something in the studio that's gonna that you shouldn't be doing on the air. That's why you're playing it backwards. But you leave the mic up so people are hearing uh, spots for uh, Coons Auto and all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, they hear some girl groaning in the background. By the way, I prefer Chandler Automotive. I do too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I prefer uh, Goss's Garage, BG44K. And as long as I have UPS by my side, I'm A-OK. Uh, Dubs is right. I am broadcasting live from Live 105.3, KLLI in Dallas, my hometown. Uh, now, it's such a pleasure to be home. Now, how do they position themselves? Do they position themselves as one, uh, 105.3, 105.3, or just 105.3? It's Live 105.3, KLLI. Dallas's alternative talk station. I remember at our old station, The Edge, at 92.1, when they would throw a fit if you call it 92.1 The Edge, because that's what it used to be. And But if you ever called that on the air after that, and it's just something as silly as a point, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, and, not, not to get... And they, not to... Oh, go, go ahead, ahead No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, not to get, you know, not to give Dallas any, you know, not to run any real smack on them, because I tell you, everybody is be- here has been very cool, from Gavin, the program director, to Lee, the APD, Jay, the engineer, Dan, who uh, does the show uh, here at 10 o'clock, uh, also produces Ru- Russ Martin. But the moniker, Al- Dallas's alternative talk station, oh, it, it almost seems, it seems kind of gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> alternative like, lifestyle talk. Yeah, you know what I mean, like the alternative talk station. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're saying it's it's not. You know, it's all it's an alternative to you know the, the regular all boring talk that you have. But that moniker itself, because you're right, it lends it lends itself to the alternative lifestyle station. The alternative, so close. The alternative to women talk station. Yeah. If you it's want, so fun. you can. I, I I don't even want. You can punch the clown to our voices all day long, guys. <laughs> Here in Dallas on 105.3. <laughs> um, so anyway, but I want to stress these guys have been awesome. And I just, you know, and we at JFK, we don't even care about any of that stuff. No. We don't do. We're, I mean, at best, we're bringing back the Washington Superstation, which I actually like. Do you? I remember. I, it, 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 it reminds me of that real bad station that is on, like, every cable. Uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, WGN. That's yeah. not a bad station. It's a superstation. It's, or, it's no, not that, not, I don't think it's TBS. That, yeah. I don't TBS, think, the superstation. I don't think it's that super because they still play, like, you know, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you can still see Saved by the Bell. 
No, not anymore, man. They got like Seinfeld and Friends, and they got the Braves. They got cool stuff. That'd be oh. Super '98. <laughs> super Yeah, we're Super 106. Super 106 featuring uh, shirts, Gray and O'Reilly. <laughs> um, so anyway, dude, it's just so. Uh, by the way, I do want to say I know we give JFK a lot of crap. But I do want to say thank you to Cameron and Wendell, who both worked very, very hard uh, to get this up and running so that I could do the show. And people kind of find it odd that I'm on vacation, yet I still want to do this radio program. And I just, I love doing the show, man. I love being on the air. I love sharing stories, you know, with you, Dubs, of course, but also with the listeners. I mean, that's why I was there on Christmas Day. That's why I was there on New Year's Eve, or at least we were there together. And let's, and it's not some... let's not lie about it. We don't have anything that we can play for best of anymore after these rules have changed. So I we kind of have to go on the air, or we're playing, you know, the best of Goss. Which won't <laughs> be that so, bad. It's so funny, too, man, because I, like, you know, I, I wanted to make some CDs so my family could listen to what we're doing. And I realized that I wouldn't want to let my family listen to a single thing that we've done on the air. Because, especially the stuff that was pre the whole FCC crackdown. Yeah. But I, I got these CDs, and I got my cousin Sam who's here, and if I let him listen to this, I know he'd think less of me. Well, I yeah, know my he... family would think less of me. In fact, one of my aunts happened to get on the underground, and she listened to the birthday show of all shows, where Matt Albert's fat ass is getting lap dances with fried chicken, <laughs> with with girls from a strip club, good guys. That's the show she happens to tune into, the birthday show. That was the, know, that was the greatest sight in the world. A four hundred pound big black virgin getting a lap dance from two white chicks while he eats fried chicken. He uh, looked you like, hear? he looked like uh, uh, almost kind of a homosexual job of the hut <laughs> because he looked so uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> um, all right, let me take you. Right, you want to talk about funny? And while we're speaking to Matt Albert, um, Sam was up for the New Year's Eve show, and he has the pictures oh. from Matt Albert. And the segment will never be able to be aired again on WJFK. But there was a segment where, of course, Matt Albert, the backstory with him, six foot three, two hundred, uh, no, five hundred pound, uh, black, nineteen year old virgin with gray hair. And the whole story with him was we were trying to get him laid at some point. He still has not been laid. So we brought him in on New Year's Eve. We said, hey, man, there's this hot chick. She wants to meet you. You know, she's really into you and your personality and thinks you're really funny and that, you know, she doesn't care about looks or size or whatever. And uh, we brought in a blow-up doll from MidnightMonkey.com, our buddy Ton. Sent us his female blow-up doll. And we made Matt Albert go... And reach every single base. First, second, third. Uh, he didn't go home with it, though. I wish he went to home. He, yeah, we were going to try to get him to go home. But he uh, he at least got to third. He got thrown out at home. And I have the pictures. I'm looking at them now of Matt Albert's big fat ass with this blow-up doll. And him, and first of all, there's a picture of you, Dubs, where you're, like, so proud of yourself in your Charles Rogers jersey in the studio. You've got the blow-up doll around your arm, looking at her with love in your eye. And then I got the picture where Matt Albert's kissing the blow-up doll. Then I got the picture of him going to second base, and you're holding the blow-up doll while this all happens. And the look on your eyes 
is that of like a proud father knowing that Matt Albert is taking it to the next step and that he's practicing on this blow-up doll for what will hopefully at some point be a real sexual encounter. And then... Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm looking at the pictures now. Dubs, you were so happy because there's... I, obviously, I can't get too graphic. But there is a point where you're holding the doll, like, over your shoulder as, yeah. Matt, Albert, as Matt Albert gets to third. <laughs> and you're like, you've got the blow up doll over your shoulder like it's a sack of potatoes. <laughs> and you're laughing and smiling. And Matt Albert is, uh, I can't even talk about this. He's just, this big fat kid trying to get to third place in a blow up doll. Yeah, he so looks funny. He looks so uncomfortable doing it, too. He does. He it, like, like, he, he looked like, you know, maybe she was going to turn him down, too. And he didn't want, he, he didn't want that. And um, then let's say let's say he got the third and a half uh, also as well. So anyway, I got these pictures from Sam, and RadioHideout.com will hopefully be done before the end of the year. And I want can we? You think we could put those pics up on the web? Without a doubt, it would be okay. It wouldn't be deemed too graphic. It's the website. It don't matter. To me, I would agree. To me, we can go ahead and just put that on the website. We can put whatever we want that's on the what, website. That's what the website's for. You know, we can put a little caution, but um, these are, the, I swear to you, man, these are the funniest pictures you've ever seen. And if nothing else, this is the specific reason to get RadioHideout.com on as soon as possible, just so that we can pose these pics. Now, have to see this big fat kid. Now, Hafe, we can either go further with this conversation, or we have uh, some people waiting on hold to talk about old conversations we were having. Uh, we have a guy that his uh, brother-in-law's house is hit with airplane waste. <laughs> and some people want to talk about FCC. You want to talk to any of those guys? Let's take the phone calls, man. Let's go to the phone calls and we'll uh, we'll get in some other stuff a little bit later right. on. Let's go back. Just to set up the table a little bit, I flew down to Dallas. Uh, while I was in the restroom, I was wondering a little bit about how they dispose of the waste. We had somebody from Dallas call up and say that they, they put it into a big dump truck. And then also, too, we got into a little bit about how we're getting fined uh, on, the clear, on the clear channel stations that he was on. So, Dubs, run with the phone calls, brother. All right, Tom. Tom, you're on uh, the hideout. Hey, guys. How's it going? How's it going, Tom? Hey, um, my brother-in-law, they live, I don't know if you're familiar with Dulles Airport, but there's a lot of townhouses and houses in the way of the runways. As they're coming across, um, Dulles is, of course, an international airport. International flights are allowed to dump over the ocean. So it's called blue ice is what the technical term for it is. It freezes as it as sometimes it doesn't make it out. My nephew just happened to be home because he was sick. He was luckily in his father's bed sleeping there. It actually came through the roof and exploded in the in the kid's bedroom. Now, was that so, would that be something that could uh, kill the kid or would it just? Yeah. Oh yeah, if it did hit him. I mean, probably just one of those shards after it blew up in the room. I mean, it was it was everywhere. It made the Washington Post. If you even go to the archives, I'm sure it's still there in the Washington. How, how long ago was it? Uh, it was about ten years ago. Oh well, we'll, we'll look that I, up, Tom. 
Huh? I feel vindicated, man. I feel as if I knew I had heard of this before. I knew that it happened where it actually landed in somebody's house. And the more I think about it, Tom, I think I even remember about people being home and them just happen to be lucky that it didn't happen in the same room that they were in. Yeah, that, that's a really, really odd thing. Can you imagine that? You're just sitting there and a big blue ice or whatever they call it. You don't know what it is, but after you find out what it is... you. You'd be kind of pissed off that it crashed your house, but you kind of got to laugh. Could you imagine? Would that be one of the dumbest ways to go? Uh, I mean, would that be one of the worst ways to go, to know that you were killed by a bunch of frozen poo that fell 50,000 feet or whatever it is, 39,000 feet? I say if if you're going to go anyway, you know, that's one of the ways... I would want to go almost. <laughs> is that is that that way you're cool? That way you're one of the few people that's died that way? You live forever in infamy because you were the guy that crushed that got crushed by it? Exactly. Either I could be the guy who uh, is another statistic with the lung cancer, uh, you know, from me smoking too much, or I could be the guy who was killed by a big poo ice. <laughs> I'm taking the poo. Stop! Enough already. Why? I'm not there to control the dump button. Uh, 800-636-1067-202-432-1067. I am making this as first grade as possible. I I know. I don't know how else I can do it. Did we not just talk about the FCC, but I'm moving on from that. That's so funny, though. You don't want to take FCC calls? Oh, definitely we do. Um, I just wanted to say, though, on that real quick, I guess I would want to be the guy who kind of died... Maybe you don't want to die naturally. Maybe you do want to be able to be held up in martyrdom so that some senator from your, uh, <laughs> that you're, that represents you in Alexandria introduces the bill that the, prevents the blue ice poo. bill. Yeah. <laughs> the, blue, the, the blue ice J-dubs bill. Blue ice Johnson bill. <laughs> hey, Sid, Sid, you're in the hideout. Hey, what's up, Al Hafei? What's up, J-dubs? What's going on, man? Hey, man, listen, I, uh, I don't want to bring the show down here, but I am definitely one of those people that is really upset about what's going on with the FCC crackdown and just the religious intolerance that's happening in this country, which I think is directly related to our president. Um, <clears throat> I think if you look at three main issues that's happening these days, you'll see what's going on. You've got the FCC crackdown, you've got the ban on gay marriage, and you've got The Passion of the Christ being one of the most successful movies of all time. This is definitely of a climate in this country that is not accepting of uh, the kind of humor and entertainment that people like you and I are into. Well, the, well, the thing is, you know, there's a whole lot of ducks that are falling in a row there, but you can't really ever directly link anything, you know? They, well, there, there's I, I no wanna, way to prove it. Look, I just want to say this. I don't want to blame it all on people who are religious. No. I ha- I happen to like The Passion of the Christ. I told you this. We spent a whole segment on it. Mon- Monica Bellucci is hot. I'll tell you I'll tell you what the big problem you is, li- though. You like The Passion for all the wrong reasons, man. <laughs> I really did. I thought that was the, 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 the beating scene was awesome. What? <laughs> and I thought, Mon- I thought Monica Bellucci crying and all sanded up was just really, really sexy. Moving on, though, oh. to your other points. <laughs> I want to say, though, but it's not just everybody who has religion it's just these extremists it's because religion is fine there's no problem with religion there's no problem with spirituality it's the people be it islam be it christianity be it you know if you're a lutheran whatever it's the people who take things to extreme and right now 
just as if it were the Taliban and their extremism in Afghanistan, you've got the extreme Christians that are ruining things, not only for you know those of us who maybe happen to be more secular, but for even just the regular Christians who go about their lives. Well, here's the it's thing. It's just the extremists that are going about this. Here's the thing. It's, it's not just, you know, religious extremists that ruin anything. You know, extremists, any way you go, any side of the border, will be the things that, that are the downfall of any, any country. You know, even if you're an uh, extreme liberal. or you're No, I agree. Any, any way you go extreme is going to be a bad way to go. Because as much as I am a Democrat or a liberal, I do hate, I hate the hippies. I hate people who have the tie-dye and the guys who are all about free love and we all just need to get along. I want to slap them around, too, and say there's a way that society works. But anybody who's going to be extreme on either side, they're just ruining it. They're completely ruining the country, and they're trying to drive what's going on now into a religious state. Well, and that's the whole reason we left England. Or Dubs did. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We try not to get in this conversation because we know people are going to disagree with us, and we know it's just a bummer. So, Steve, Steve, welcome to the hideout. Hey, guys. How you doing? How you doing, bro? I'm good. This last caller just kind of kicked. It hit a nerve, you know. I, well, I, I think the last caller was one of the extremists on the other side, you know. Exactly. I'm good a guy. Christian. I, I don't go to church, you know. Yeah, but extremely I, good guy. I, I do believe, you know, <laughs> I, I am strong in my faith. But how can this guy say that, you know, the moronic administration that we've got going right now, uh, taking it to the extreme, how can he say that a movie has anything to do with? You know what the administration is doing. Now, now, Steve, what are your views on the administration before we get into like the passion and all that kind of stuff? Because they're, they're on a completely going against, one hundred percent against what our United States Constitution is all about. All right, very Did good. I say already that Monica Bellucci is hot? Because I'm sitting here and I'm listening, I'm listening to you and Steve have this conversation, and I'm staring at my my water, just thinking, God damn, Monica Bellucci is hot. You I know, cannot get over her. Just just one other thing, I, I kind of noticed today. I saw a, a long clip or or a preview for the movie The Passion today. I don't remember seeing any clips uh, or commercials for that movie. Before the movie came out, but it oh was, no, it was it, everywhere. No, I, I don't. I don't remember seeing a whole lot of trailers, but you it was all. It. it was all over the news. Yeah. It was all in the papers. It was everywhere except for you know them. They were they were promoting it any way they could without really paying for the promotion because if it flopped, they already put enough money into it where it wasn't you know they were going to lose their ass. But the, the thing was huge before it even came out. The thing I like about Monica Bellucci is the fact that she's 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 a, a foreign film star, so she's not afraid to be nude in in, in movies, and I think that's the one thing the passion was missing. Okay. Um, it was missing Mary Magdalene nudity. Is that what you're telling me? Hey, look, man. You look at it one way, I look at it another. Even if she played the Virgin married, I want to see her naked. Thank you very much, Steve. <laughs> take care. Uh -huh. See ya. Now, now I feel dirty. Leave it to the callers to take it one step further than we probably should have. Yeah. I, I thought the movie was fine, though. You know, whatever. It was a movie. It was based on... We Whatever. have an uh, interesting call here. John, John, you're on the hideout. Yeah, I think what you're failing to realize is everything that goes before Congress 
just not the Bush administration. The FCC Indecency Act is spearheaded by a Democrat from Oregon, Peter A. DeFazio. You can look it up in the... John, this is, this is something I was talking about earlier, that uh, I, I am probably more disappointed in the Democrats right now than I am with the Republicans. Well, see, the reason, the reason they're doing that is because people just blindly think that everything that comes down, to the, down the pike comes out of George Bush's mouth, and they can use it to beat him with it. Well, well, at the same time, too, you can't argue the fact that... Four sponsors. It's not this all-Democrat or all-Republican thing. No, no. It's We're a, talking it's about a, the FCC... Both. The FCC and the chairman being appointed by Bush and what the FCC, because that, 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 does, that is part of the executive branch. Somebody. All right, well, that is, John, we didn't get to hear that. It's, it's only because it's his turn to appoint somebody. And that's the, but that is an extension of his administration, the uh, pal in there. He's not the one passing these bills. He's not the one sponsoring these laws. He just gets but to it is, veto it or accept it. Happy, I, but it is veto it. That there's more than two thirds of the of the voters would overturn his veto. Up. Happy, you got you got to kind of agree with John there, though. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was coughing. God damn, I, not, I hate not being in control. He is right in a lot of ways that it isn't just the, the, know, the Republicans, which we do spin that way a lot of times. I know it. I know it is not only Bush. I am that. I am not that ignorant. I am not that stupid. But I have to say, it has all started uh, by the FCC, which is the extension of the administration because of him appointing Powell. I don't and know. And then needing something to do. I don't know Look, if the, it, this stuff gets in. Dude, this stuff gets introduced. Every, it gets introduced all the time. These bills are always laying in wait. And it also happens to be because of the fact it's an election year. I don't feel like talking about this. We spent an entire hour on this. Are you drunk right now? So I, can't even, a, I can't even get a word in. <laughs> you sons of bitches. It is not coming directly from the FCC right away. That, that, that's not true because the FCC has gone against uh, the whole uh, finding the artist part. This is well, actually, they finally woke up. This is actually coming almost directly from Congress. Whatever. <laughs> I hate all of you. Why can't you just let me be with Monica Bellucci and leave me alone? Why can't Why can't I talk about all the filthy things I want to do to Monica Bellucci? This isn't Radio Disney. People know what they're tuning into when they tune into WJFK. God, I can't. I, the The places I'd lick. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right. We gotta take a break. We're gonna do something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about half the time anymore. I I am so lost with you. We're gonna take what? a break. We're gonna. We're come... talking about the passion. <laughs> the passion and where you want to lick should never come up in the two, in the same sentence. All right. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. When we come back, we're gonna do my life log where I spent a whole day in front of the microphone and. Uh, kind of log my day alone without El Jefe who is at Live 105 in Dallas and without Live 105.3 in Dallas and without my chick who is at home in Manistee, Michigan. We'll take a break. We'll come back. It's the hideout with El Jefe and J-Dubs on 106.7 WJFK. I have a dream. I have a dream. You're listening to Dr. King's Dream. Sit down. Together, this is the problem. El Jefe's hideout. All right, what we're doing is J-Dub's life log. 
a day in the life of J-Dubs while El Jefe is in Dallas and my chick is back home in Michigan. The time right now is noon. I just woke up and I'm about to start my day. In front of the PlayStation 2, doing my favorite thing, Madden 2004. I just started a new franchise because I uh, recently finished up my 30 years of a previous franchise. And I started it up with the Detroit Lions again, now in year six. In year five, the Lions made it to the playoffs. That's right. They lost in the semifinals, so... This year, we're hoping for a big win. Restore the roar, baby. All right, now I am 12 games in, record 9 and 3. We'll check back in at the playoffs. Semifinals of the playoffs. And now I will hit simulate. All right. Lions win. 24 to 14 over the San Francisco 49ers. And we are going to the Super Bowl, baby. All right. Super Bowl. Detroit Lions taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Year 2010. What I'll do now is I will play the game, check in with you at halftime, tell you the stats and the score, and we will be back. And we will see if I can pull off the Super Bowl victory. Anything else? All right, halftime. And I have a decisive lead over the Kansas City Chiefs. The score right now, 14-3. to Joey Harrington is thrown for over 200 yards already. And Willis he having a slow day. He has 45 yards on the ground. The big touchdown was Joey Harrington to Charles Rogers. 45 yards. <laughs> touchdown. Be back with scores and highlights at the end of the game. <laughs> We are in the locker room with the 2010 Super Bowl champions, the Detroit Lions. Joey Arrington had a great game, over 400 yards through the air. Charles Rogers, three touchdowns, 210 yards receiving. I hope he does interview. Wills McGahee, 87 yards on the ground, one touchdown. The Lions pull it out, 56 to 17. Lions win! Alright, it's now 4.30. I think I watched every DVD that I have within the last three days. Some of them that I just took from the station never watched before, so got caught up on that. I'm so bored. I mean, 
I'm so bored. I punched the clown, I would say, over four times a day since I've been alone in my apartment because there's nothing else to do. Thank God I have the internet and I can find new porn so I don't have to watch the old stuff. But still, I think I might drink tonight. I've got some tequila in the refrigerator. I'm so sad. I'll just that tonight. All right, I'm done with the life log. Bye. That was J-Dub's life log, me, on the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. It is the hideout with J-Dub's and El Jefe. 1-800-636-1067-202-432-1067. Me, J-Dub's, I am... In Washington, D.C., El Jefe is over in Live 105.3 in Dallas, on vacation at home right now. That was my life vlog. A day in the life of J-Dubs while El Jefe is out in Dallas and my chick is home in Michigan. When was this? What day did you do it on? This is Friday. Oh, that is the funniest thing ever, my friend. That was so classic, epic. I'm giving you a tongue. Slapping you a tongue now. That was so funny. What's sad is that it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I, first of all, again, kudos on that, but it, this weekend seems like it's a lot like your childhood. Everybody's left you. Yeah. No Hefe, no Chick, no Ron and Fez. You're all alone. But the thing is, I used to be used to it. You know, I, I, I lived by myself. I, I was a loner. I was a rebel. And mm-hmm. now I am, you know, I, I've been kind of dependent on my chick, dependent on my friends, dependent on my job for so long. It was so weird not having anybody around. Last night I went out uh, to, uh, it was about 1230 at night, and I was just dead bored because I haven't been able to fall asleep this whole time until at least 5 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Yeah, so I, I, I was just totally bored. I'm like, well, this is what I used to do in high school, so I'm going to go to Walmart. <laughs> Wait a second. It's not like you're in Fallonville, Michigan, man. There's more going on in the town than than Walmart. No, there isn't. Because I go out to Walmart, it's not 24 hours out here. So I drove all the way to Walmart, and the place was closed. So I'm thinking, all right, Walmart's closed. Kmart has to be open. Someone <laughs> shut up! And then, then now you're lying. No, I swear to God, I, I figured someone had to be capitalizing on the uh, late night shopping, and Kmart's closed as well. The only thing to do in this town past eleven o'clock at night is either drink or uh, go grocery shopping because Giant's open. That's it. Did you go wander around Giant? Yes, I did. <laughs> Shut up. No, you didn't. I went to Giant. Nothing was going on there, so I went to CVS. You know, of course nothing was going on there. Why would anything be going on there? CVS was bumping. I was, I was actually looking to go buy a new DVD to watch, you know, because I was just so bored. I needed something else to watch. So I went to uh, Walmart to buy a new DVD, and it was closed. So I went to uh, Kmart, closed as well, and I went to Giant. There was no good DVDs at Giant. So I went to CVS and bought my cat some toys. <laughs> yeah. It's quality time with you and Sadie Lou. It is. Wow. All right. 
All right, let's just analyze this for a second. If the I would love to hear what the callers think about this. Uh, 800-636-1067-202-432-1067. And the also, fact, also, real quick, uh, Tommy wants me to start up Pizzas for Plugs. So if anybody wants to stop by that works at a pizza place or wants to buy us a pizza and send it up here, we'll give you a plug for whatever you want. I say no because I'm not in studio and I won't be able to reap the benefits of that. But let's analyze this. That means we'll actually get a chance to eat some pizza ourselves for a change. All right, shut up. I got I got a scoop on Tommy that I want to reveal a little bit later okay. on the show too. So, but getting back to what's going on with Dubs, so it's Friday night in the nation's capital, one of the busiest hopping places in the entire world, the most powerful city it. in the free world. I didn't see it. And you decide, of all things you're going to do, you're going to go to Walmart and, buy and Kmart to buy a DVD. Is this something that you guys do in Fowlerville, where it's like, all right, we're bored, we're going to go to, to Walmart yeah. and hang out? Well, we go either to Walmart or Meyer because both of them are 24 hours. And we don't go there. What is Meyer? Meyer? What is Meyer? Meyer is the same thing as a Walmart or a Kmart, except for uh, it's, it's a Walmart with a grocery store in it. You know, it's a super Walmart, basically. <laughs> and so you're just assuming because this is the way things are in Fowlerville. Well, I, people go, you you go and you make friends, you network at the Walmart or the Kmart. I don't network there. I go there to go shopping at night because there's no line, and it's just the best time to go shopping, I think. And it's something to do when you're dead ass bored in the middle of the night. You and I, I the phrase. You use the phrase. I wanted to go see what's happening. <laughs> That that implies that there's going to be some sort of a party or a get-together or something. I figured that, you know, it was a uh, just a standard for Walmart that they uh, all of them were 24 hours. You know, I figured that, you know, it was a corporate standard. We're open 24 hours. We're closed on holidays. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Are you going to write a letter to Sam Walton? If you'll and, hear me. And, and ask him what the issue is. Actually, when when RadioHideout.com comes on the air, I'm going to uh, write up a uh, petition, uh, internet petition, to uh, have everybody sign to make sure that the Alexandria Walmart is <laughs> is open for 24 hours. All right. Hold on one second. Gail, Gail, you're in the hideout. Hey, what's up? Uh, the one in Woodbridge, which is 20 minutes from you, is open 24 hours. Very good. I'm there. I'm there tonight. Are you really chicken up there? I'm not there. You're going to drive to Woodbridge and go wander around Walmart? It, you know what? It's better than sitting at my house with nothing to do. And for some reason, the cable is worse out here, too. I couldn't find a goddamn thing on last night. Well, I think we're getting gypped on cable as it is. I yeah. think that that's another thing that we're getting hosed on. Um, and they want to take away the porn on that. But God, dudes, I, I need I need somebody to please help Dubs out for a single good-looking 23-year-old guy. Oh, thank you. Uh, you there has to be, and maybe not technically single, but just for a 23-year-old man, isn't there something other than Walmart and Kmart in Washington D.C.? Well, of course there's bars, but I don't want to go to a bar and just sit there and be the sad sack sitting up front just. Pounding drinks alone. What's wrong with that? I actually think that's a great, that's a hell of a way to spend a Friday night. I don't mind. Do I mean, you, I'm really weird. I do not mind doing that during the day at all. I'll go to the bar by myself during the day and uh, be fine. But at night, I cannot go to the bar alone. 
Why didn't you just go like sightseeing or something? Sightseeing at twelve thirty? You could have driven around. Yeah, man. The uh, the monument, the uh, Capitol building, the White House, all that stuff's beautiful at night. Yeah, so I've, check I've, out the skyline. I've been down there before, and I'm I'm not. You know, I wasn't into that last night. I just wanted to watch a movie. You know, I wanted to watch a movie. You know, maybe. Why didn't you get pay per view? There was no, there's nothing good on pay per view. I've already seen all of it. So. Uh, Except for Lost in Translation, but it didn't start for another hour when I was looking at it, so I didn't I didn't get anything. So you ended up just going to CVS and getting cat toys, and did you end up getting a DVD? No, I didn't get a DVD. So and on all, you just you just wasted your time. What time did you finally get back home? One thirty, two o'clock. <laughs> Wandering around from Walmart to Kmart. Wandering around Side from Walmart. Kmart. Sideshow. Is this not the saddest thing that you've ever seen? It's pretty sad. I gotta admit, it's pretty sad. I bet you were, like, Dubs, you were supposed to be cool. You're supposed to be Mr. I'm out of control. I got crazy things going on. You can't reel me in. You know what? I, I used to think that, but after hearing you most of the show, I've become the conservative one. I don't <laughs> know how true. this has happened. That's true. You're completely, you're the one that, you're the one who's like tied down. Did you not want to go out to a bar because you weren't with your chick? You didn't want to, no, no, you know, I, I have temptation no, or anything? No, I, I, I know I can control myself, drunk or not drunk. I don't, I don't worry about that. But I just didn't want to go alone and look like a pathetic loser. Because I have, I have uh, bars walking distance from my house that I can just walk down to, but I just didn't feel like doing that. You know, that's why Insomniac's such a great show. Yeah. Because it shows all of the different things that there is to be done, you know, after midnight in various towns. Yeah, that is true. They, uh, that, but they haven't come to D.C. I would love to see Insomniac, D.C. Because we can learn a little something. Let's get on the horn to our uh, our good buddy Atel all and right, see uh, if we can make that happen. All right, Jay wants to tell us some after-hour stuff. Jay, Jay, you're in the hideout. Hey, Jay. Hey. What's up? How's it going? Listen, one of the things I used to do when I suffered insomnia like that, go hang out at an airport. You get to see some real interesting people hanging out at airports after hours. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun, man. That actually does seem... Go to the bus station. Go sit at the Greyhound. Go see what's going on there. Go to Union Station. You know, I I used to actually do that kind of stuff before, and uh, I used to uh, go just people watch at the most pathetic places for hours at a time, and it was a lot of fun. But I I just can't imagine doing it now. Thanks for the call, Jay. Could you even hang out at airports anymore? That's the other thing I gotta wonder too. I'm sure they're not gonna let now. Probably because you're just some you know white boy that'll let you hang out. Oh, of course. But I don't think I don't think people are allowed to just hang out at the airport anymore. That's probably that's probably against the rules now. Cigar said has some uh, ideas for bar Brodom. Uh, Cigar said you're on the on the. I almost said you're on the edge. All right, you're, and, you're, and it's not you're on the hideout. You're in the hideout. In the Welcome hideout. On the hideout. hideout. Whatever. <laughs> God, I'm running it. <laughs> I'm running this tight shit today. Treehouse what? Treehouse what? Sid. Man, I feel so bad for you, Dub. <laughs> this is Sid saying this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here in Alexandria, and I got to test to it. There's nothing to do here after 11. It's true. Unless you go down to Old Town, which I, I didn't even think about doing. I probably could have gone down to Old Town, down to, like, the pier area, and it would have been something to do. But yeah, I didn't well, think about that. There's fishing. There's, like, 800 people there fishing after midnight for some reason, and that's it. That doesn't sound like a bad idea. I don't fish, but just going out and hang out with the fishermen, <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad thing to do. It is pretty fun. I've done it. What else you got, Sid? What else could Dubs be doing? If you go see a late movie at, like, the Hoffman Center, you know, at the weekends, they're open to, like, 
uh, midnight, one o'clock. That's it. That's about it. I remember uh, going to movies. I used to go to movies at like one, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I remember in high school doing that, where you'd go to the big megaplex and the one where you can like lift up the uh, armrests and you can pretty much lay down like you were in your own couch. Yeah, in fact, that's like I saw movies like Desperado and really hack movies in the late '90s at places like that. Those were a good time. I just, I just haven't been able to find anything like that that I can enjoy doing at 12:30 at night if I want to, unless I'm just going to a bar. That's the only thing I can ever do, it, or go grocery shopping because Giants open. Aren't most of these video stores not open to one or two anyway? You could have gone to like a Blockbuster. No, I stopped by Blockbuster and I stopped by uh, by um, uh, Hollywood. Hollywood Video, and they they closed at midnight. This is so sad. Please help Dubs out. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven two zero two four three two one zero six seven. No man, <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> so sad. You Thank two you, should sing out. Why don't you guys trade DVDs with each other? That's not a bad idea. I'm, I, I actually I went to go get uh, Rocky Four because I I just watched uh, the first three Rockies and I wanted mm. to keep going with the uh, story. Keep going on. Is five on the horizon? Well, That's four, four has to come first. The oh, Russian here. You, you got to go in order. Is yeah. four the one with the Russian? Four is the one with the Russian. It goes. Uh, it goes uh, where he lost to uh, Apollo, where he beat Apollo, and then uh, Clubber Lang, and then. Um, who even cares? Rocky's the stupidest idea for a movie ever. I love Rocky. I mean, maybe one. One was great. From, and then, from then on, two was, on. two was pretty good, too. One was uh, great. Two was pretty good. Three was stupid, just because it was Clubber Lang, who's Mr. T, and just trying to be the biggest badass in the world. And also, when he uh, had to uh, wrestle Hulk Hogan. In it too. <laughs> I, 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 I Who feel, even thinks of this? I feel what stupid. Stu what studio says this is going to be a great movie? And they call him Thunderlips too. <laughs> Hulk Hogan is Thunderlips in there. And they oh the thing about Rocky that is just the most pathetic thing in the world. They use like the most jibe, stupid um, put downs in the world. I'm going to get you, Meatball. You're the Italian chicken. <laughs> it's it's the cheesiest thing in the world, but I love the Rocky movies. I can't I can't deny that. That's a guilty pleasure for you. The mine is Britney Spears. Yours is Rocky. Somehow I think I'm still the more hetero out of us. <laughs> Billy, Billy, you're in the hideout. Yeah, what's going on, Jade? I've got going? a Walmart story for you, bro. All right. I'm a pro wrestler, and I travel from town to town, and we do a lot of shows, you know, at night and whatnot. So I was coming out of a show in some podunk town like Paw Paw, West Virginia, something like that. I can't remember exactly the town. And uh, we're leaving the show, and, uh, you know, we like to party. So, we, you know, we got our blunt rolled up, you know, going down the road. And we see a Walmart. RBD 420. Yeah, yeah. So we see a Walmart. We pull over. we got to get the munchies going on and all the whole gimmicks. So we, we slide into Walmart, and Walmart's, like, jumping in the middle of the night down there. Like, people are... You know, talking and like the lines are like 10 or 15 people deep. And, uh, I was in there buying some grub and one of the people that was in line noticed me from, remembered me from wrestling in the like, uh, Paw Paw West Virginia High School and, uh, ended up taking her in the parking lot and she, uh, hooked me up in the back seat. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's beautiful. Now, I, what kind of, well, do you, uh, Walmart's do you, uh, it's not really all that bad, man. I got to stick up for J-Dubs on that. I, thank I you very much. Walmart. What kind of league do you wrestle for? Do you guys have any big names ever go through there or is it just? Well, uh, I'm an indie wrestler, so I wrestle for like, 
10 or 15 different companies just all over the country. Uh, who was the biggest name you've ever wrestled against? Um, I've wrestled King Kong Bundy. I've wrestled... I think everybody's wrestled Bundy. Yeah, yeah. I wrestled Crowbar from uh, WCW. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm real good friends with Stevie Richards, Taz, a lot of those guys. I was trained by the UCW locker room pretty much. So oh, right on. I, yeah. And Maybe... I, I've wrestled I wrestled like Mikey Whipwreck was one of my favorite matches from ECW and Maybe you should uh, check out the AWWL with uh, Shafee, our friend Shafee. Go to skankshift.com. Shafee is the manager of Sabu. Yeah, I've wrestled with Sabu and uh, PA and stuff like that. I know Sabu real well. Well, right on. Thank you for the call. Good uh, Walmart story. That's funny. You know, I never realized there was this whole subculture dubs of a Walmart being the place to go. Like, you hear, like, in L.A., they're trying to keep Walmart away because they figure they're going to throw in one of these big super Walmarts and it's going to destroy all of the little mom-and-pop businesses, which Walmart tends to do. It tends to eat up a city. But at the same time, I guess it almost gives back to the community because it's an after-hours thing for adolescents and pro wrestlers to go hang out in that and have sex with each other. <laughs> I don't know where you come up with these rationalizations of that only people go there are young kids and wrestlers who want to have sex just because of two stories. Just because I'm in Dallas doing the show this week, why do I feel as if roles have completely reversed? Why do I feel like J-Dubs today and it's like you're El Jefe? Because you're the one that's keeping the conversation going. I'm just sitting back with all the funny one-liners. I actually feel like I'm talented tonight. Deuce, Deuce, you're in the hideout. <laughs> oh, hey, all right, you got to figure there's a couple things out there. First of all, pool halls all have bars in them, so they're open at least until 2, 2.30 every night. No. And uh, if you if you want to watch good stuff, get uh, down to Denny's or IHOP after the bars close down. That can be a real entertaining crowd. Worst idea in the world. Thank you very much. <clears throat> I actually, there is something really fun about going to a, a late-night 24-hour diner type You know place. what? I might go to IHOP tonight. Because I saw I saw a commercial today where they have this stuffed French toast. I heard it is outstanding. That yeah, is supposed to be good. very, very good. So that's J Dub's night tonight. Now yeah. forget the fact that he's in the most powerful city in the free world. I'm he's going, going to get to stuffed the French toast. <laughs> he's going to the Woodbridge Walmart. And then he's going to go to IHOP for stuffed French toast. <laughs> I'm going to the, gonna, I'm gonna have the most gonna, powerful French toast in the world. He's going to wander in to his place in Alexandria at 4 o'clock in the morning, completely stone sober. <laughs> Hi on IHOP French toast. Tommy's in the studio. You want to say something? Hey, why don't you come hang out with me? Oh, you never boy. offered. What was that? I was, I was here yesterday, and I told you I have no, nothing to do, and you didn't offer. <laughs> well, you don't want to hang out with Tommy. First of all, Tommy, what's this about you going to... Uh, Tommy tells me a funny story about the way he now gets introduced at parties. Uh, why do you have to bring that up? Come on, tell the story. No, let's just move on to the next topic and figure out what Dubs is doing tonight. Bank 921. Damn. I'll just say that Tommy's now. Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. <laughs> so, all right, so Tommy calls me last Saturday night after the show. I guess he went to some party to hang out with some people. And they're like, oh, you're Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. That drop has gained so much notoriety, and Tommy's it's cool fag. to know. Tommy's a virgin. The show's catching on, which is awesome. And that's like the one drop that now the hideout is completely associated with. Our producer saying, Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. <laughs> I love how we're even able to work it when I'm in Dallas and North D.C. That's great. <laughs> Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. Dubs, you're now uninvited tonight. 
What the f***? Tommy's fag. Tommy's a virgin. <laughs> so what did it make you feel like when people say, hey, Tommy's a fag? Because aren't you having people actually come up to you and say, you know, ask if you're, you know, really a mo? I, all right. <laughs> I want to I ask you a question. Uh, shoot, 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 shoot. Hold what? on one second. Uh, all right. See again, I should be in control. Yeah, you should. This is what. I, well, I'm not used to this uh, fancy schmancy machine. <laughs> all right. What's worse, the uh, Tommy's a fag, Tommy's a virgin, or <laughs> what? What was? Uh, what? What caught on faster? I think Tommy's a fag, Tommy's a virgin definitely caught on faster. Okay. I think there's something about Tommy and just that, and Tommy's become so despised, and I don't want to turn <laughs> this into a whole Tommy segment. But all right, let's go. Those are so popular though now. <laughs> What? Those are so popular on the station now. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the other thing that's going on? Why? Do you want Do you want to talk about this? Not particularly. Um, Dubs, check this out. Oh. All right. So, so Tommy, let me just say. Uh, this. I think the best thing that ever could happen to Tommy uh, has happened. I think I erased Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. Yes. What? Thank God. I can't what find it. I go to Dallas and it's now gone. <laughs> Bank nine. Button 21. Jeez. It's gone. No! <laughs> Tommy's no! a fan. Tommy's a virgin. Yeah. It, it's now on number five. Yeah, I can... somehow moved it to number five. Tommy's a fan. Tommy's a virgin. <laughs> okay, as long as I we moved, still have it. I moved it over uh, uh, Johnny Punani's Velcro. Tommy's a fan. Tommy's a virgin. Oh, I almost had a heart attack. That was, to me, as scary as taking off from BWI. So I didn't know what we, what we were going to do at that point. So I, I was at a party last week with... Uh, Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I found it. A bunch of All people right. I, I used to know, like, I haven't seen for a while, and they're like, hey, I heard you on that radio show. Uh, what is it they always say? And then they start repeating it, and then they go around... What do they say? Yeah, I'm not going to fall for that one again. And then... Well, why? It's not like we can put a bunch of them and be going, Tommy's a fag, Tommy's a virgin. Yeah, You've already yeah. said it once. Keep on doing it. So, and then other people are like... Yeah, give us different takes. I want it in different inflections. How about this? Tommy gets all the women. I like that right. one. How about, how about Tommy gets no men? That's fine with me. Say it. No, because then you're going to take the no out. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I'm... <laughs> And so then other how about, people. How about Tommy has sex with women? Yeah, whatever. Okay, well, well anyway. So then other... Tommy likes to. Hold on. Tommy likes to hang out with his boys. Hey, say that too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Hefe's a fag. Hefe's a virgin. Hefe's a bald fag. Anyway, so hey! I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm meeting new people, and people are By introducing the way, me. We just, we just want to say, too, there's nothing wrong with homosexuality. Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. So they're introducing me to other people, like, hey, this is Tommy. He works uh, at WJFK and stuff. And they're like, and then they start saying it. And they're like, isn't that what they say on the show? And then I went out to a bar after that and just continued. And All I, right. I, I'm, I sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off right now, but we got to take a call. Thank God. I, I can't believe that we got another person from Fowlerville on the line. What? Yeah. Adam, you're Whoa. from Fowlerville? No, I, no, I'm from Hazel Park, just north of Detroit. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I just oh. got down here a few months ago, and there is nothing to do down here compared to up there, really. And, and that's the weirdest thing in the world, because you would think that Fowlerville was the place where nothing's going on compared to D.C. Hey, yeah, I feel you. I thought I had it rough in Hazel Park. I feel bad for you. But I've been midnight miring myself. Oh, yeah, midnight miring is the greatest thing you can do. 
All right, now this is Michigan talk. What's that mean? <laughs> Meyer, Meyer is like a Walmart out there. It's okay. the thing. It's like it's like midnight super, uh, super Walmarting or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad. And, all right. All right. Is there any juggalos around here too, man? There is nobody down here really. <laughs> whoa, whoa. God damn. All right. Thank you for the call. <laughs> Jeez. What happened to the show? I don't know. All right, let's we get back to uh, Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. <laughs> How could we veer off? I thought I, had, I, I thought I had some brotherhood going, but he was from Hazel Park. Yeah, people Fowlerville. What? All right, Tommy. So that's the way you're known, man. That's awesome. Good for you, bro. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. All right. mm -hmm. I, actually, I did get one compliment. One guy said. He introduced me. Said this guy can kick your ass. He was introducing me that way, and then he said it came up that I, I boxed her, uh, on the Ron Fez show for the St. Pat's Spat, and then he's like, "Hey, which guy did you fight?" And I, I was like, "I fought Spoon," and, and he goes, "Dude, you effed that guy's face up." All right, Dubs. All right, hold that? on, hold on, hold on. We I want you to isolate you after that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in charge of the the recording. Remember all right, that. All right, tell me, uh, can you do one thing for me, Tommy? I, I doubt it. Tommy loves women, and Tommy loves chicks, all right? Say, Tommy loves chicks. We need new drops so that we don't play that one over and over. Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. Tommy loves chicks. Where's our pizza? Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. Say it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I can't even do it now. All right. Tommy loves chicks. Tommy hates men. Yeah, I'm going to fall for that. Do it. Come on! Who's laughing in the background? <laughs> Do it. The Come 5105 on. crew. They're all repeating it now. Everybody. Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. All right, come on. Remember, you, have to, in, you have to come back here, Hefe. Even Tommy hates men. Tommy hates men. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. All right, work on that during the commercial break. I want to hear that in the next commercial break. Especially since I'm in charge of that. Yeah, that'll So, Dubs, man. So, uh, that's your life. Basically going to Walmart and Kmart. Yeah. You know, this is something so funny. I was thinking about this. Is this what guys, like, married guys or guys who are, like, stuck with their chicks, it ends up turning out, well, you guys, we heard your life log uh, earlier in the hour. Yeah. Where basically it was just you playing an entire season of Madden. Mm -hmm. To me, you do one of two things when your chick is gone. You either play PS2 or you punch the clown. Yeah, or I try to find something to buy. You know, it's so funny. It, I saw this article. Um, God, let me see if I can find it. I was on the AOL, or, uh, AOL for Broadband, our content partner. Here, you know what's so sad? This is a medical study, and I can't even say what the study says, so I'm going to have to clean it up for you. But sexual activity does not cause prostate cancer, and men who relieve themselves frequently may even be protecting themselves against the disease, according to U.S. researchers and what they said on Tuesday. Now, Huffley, does he even count for uh, Tommy? Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. How he relieves it? And no matter how you relieve it, as long as you relieve it, this is something true. The more you flush the ducks out, the less likely there's stuff going to be to hang around and damage cells. So Flush the ducks that, out. That's what it says, man. If, if you do this at least once a day, relieve yourself.
Yeah. Uh, while you're in your 20s, you're a third less likely to develop prostate cancer. Well, I'm, uh, if, it's only, if it's a third for once a day, let me multiply that and see how, uh, how I'm doing. Uh, now, I'm never going to get it. I, there's, <laughs> it's mathematically impossible for me to ever get cancer now. I was thinking about this because, you know, prostate cancer is one of the big things that affects our demographic. You know, hideout listeners, just like that's the big thing dudes need to watch out for. So I was thinking, why don't we do like this whole, I don't know, like awareness campaign? Because if you do this, if you relieve yourself, if you get any sort of relief, then it can help prevent the prostate cancer. Because like they said, you're cleaning the ducts out. Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we do this like a little game? Because Ton, our buddy from MidnightMonkey.com, uh, it's N-I-T-E, he runs an, uh, an adult uh, pleasure website where mm-hmm. you can go and get various toys to uh, marital aids exactly to handle these kind of things what if we did this what if we get three women to kind of what we did last week we were throwing rocks at each other okay where the three the three chicks can pick their horse they can either pick me they can pick you or they can pick tommy okay and what we do is for a month we re- we report in like at the same time every every uh, saturday night we kind of uh, give our tally as to what the week was like for us each you know each week to see how many times we quote unquote prevented uh prostate cancer and so then like the chick whoever like whoever's did the most like dubs right now you're already like 17 up on me and uh, tommy your your woman would win something from midnightmonkey.com and then we can have a grand prize winner at the end of the whole month because this is a, it's almost the opposite of the Seinfeld bet to see who couldn't do it this would be who could almost do it the most yeah in the next month and this is again something that's a, almost a public service we could put this in our public file the fact that we're getting the word out about preventing prostate cancer in the hideout. We care about you, the listener. You think you'd want to do that? I'm up for it. I mean, I, I'm i sure you are. <laughs> I wish we were doing it while my chick was gone because I would have you guys destroyed. Well, here's the thing. Let's if we could, I want to do it with female listeners too. Yeah. I mean, somehow it's a little less moist if the, we can get. Can we get their pictures too? And that would yeah, be kind of cool. You have to send your picture get, too. How many we? Uh, how many times we uh, use their picture? <laughs> oh, uh, I don't want. I don't think I, mean, I want to do that. I mean, we get three hogs. We have to use their picture too. That's the only way we're allowed to is if we use the hogs' picture. No, 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 no. This is just in whatever way we can. I, I say right now. I know we have at least three female listeners. Is it going to be Dubs or is it going to be Bateman? And ride that horse for the next month, and you uh, you get prizes from MidnightMonkey.com, N-I-T-E. I like this idea. Yeah. Preventing prostate cancer. I'm 800-636-1067, 202-432-1067. I like to chat with you if you want to go ahead and get in. Again, you don't have to do anything. I know Dubs wanted you to send in pictures. As Feel aids. free to. It would I mean, be nice. It, it would be nice for you to do that, and uh, you know, it might it might uh, you know push some of us to uh, work a little harder for you, or kind of <laughs> pull, pull the reins back on this horse, you know. Um, 
what what do you think would be the advantage? Because like right now, Dubs is a safe pick. Dubs is a good pick. Because how long is your chick out of town? Because it would start today. Oh, it would, it start would be today. effective immediately. We have to keep tally. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm I'm alone at my house until Tuesday. So I. Oh I wow. Yeah. I don't have That's a whole a lot one. of time, but you know. And then you figure your chick's going to get back from Michigan, then she's probably going to miss you and want to take care of some business too. No. Yeah, probably. I hope so. You would think so. Otherwise, but, you, you know, know she's getting I, it in Michigan. I might not have any love for her. I really might not. <laughs> I'm, you know, when she comes home, I'll be like, honey, all please, right. please, just, you know, watch, watch Friends or something. I'm, I need to sleep. All right. <laughs> so, I'm so tired. I'm really very tired. <laughs> you don't understand what I've been doing. I it's think so I proud. popped my elbow. I blew out a ligament. I haven't any Tommy John surgery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gotta take a break. All right, well, do we we have female call? Are there females willing to play this game? Not yet. All right, look, ladies, it's harmless. I know you don't want to call up, but you're winning prizes, and if nothing else, this is a way for you to help. Get the word out about preventing prostate cancer. All right, ladies, one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven two zero two four three two one zero six seven. I J Dubs. I'm in Washington D.C. at WJFK right now. Hefe is on vacation, but he's still doing the show from Live one hundred five point three in Dallas, Texas. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. It is the hideout with Hefe and J Dubs on one hundred six point seven WJFK. Hefe. In front of my babies, you got torn on. Homo shows up in here. What kind of freak ass this? You two motherfuckers need Jesus. El Jefe Jesus. The Hideout featuring El Jefe and J Dubs. I'm a slave of the Hideout and I want free. Dubs, I love your show. I think it's great that you let the other guy hang out every weekend. You can't call me Coots anymore, mother. The Hideout 106.7 WJFK. It is the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. I am J-Dubs, broadcasting from WJFK in Washington, D.C. El Jefe is on vacation in Dallas, Texas, broadcasting live from Live 105.3 in Dallas. Jefe, you there? Yeah, I want to say thank you again to everybody here at uh, KLLI, Live 105.3 in Dallas. They've been... Just really awesome and getting everything set up. Gavin, uh, the program director, Jay, Lee, the APD, uh, Dan, who uh, hosts a weekend show, much like we do, and also is the producer for the Russ Martin Show in the afternoon. So thanks to Cam and Wendell, who also made all this stuff happen as well. And I want to say one of the cool things about Live 105.3, they know who their competition is. And it's this, uh, it's a sports station, uh, 1310 The Ticket. That's who they've, they've named as their official, you know, the, their, um, their competition. Yeah. And so you go into the, um, the restrooms, and in the urinals and the toilet bowls, they have the, the bumper stickers for 1310 The Ticket. Oh, that's funny. And, and in the sister station here, too, in the same building as Wild 100.3, I guess a lot like Hot 99.5 here, or in, uh, in, uh, in D.C., and their competition is KISS 106.1, KISS FM, and so their uh, stickers are all over the urinals and in the toilet bowls and stuff. So anyway, it's really cool, kind of a real culture, you know, we're on the same team, us against them kind of thing. I just A little stuff like that always strikes me as real fun whenever you, you know, that's part of the reason as to why you got into radio, you know? Yeah, it's the whole uh, almost, you know, 
school versus school uh, grudge wars. You know, like you had your uh, big, uh, you know, grudge team, uh, football team you always, always played against. It's almost like that when you go into radio. You have a station that you really hate and you want to bury in any way possible. Right. 1-800-636-1067-202-432-1067. Um, and we're still looking for ladies who want to play the preventing prostate cancer game. Basically, it's a chance for you to win prizes from MidnightMonkey.com as you pick who you want to play for you. Do you want Hefe, Dubs, or Bateman to play for you? You don't have to get involved, although we would like you to. Basically, you just got to pick your horse, and you can end up winning prizes for the next month so they... from MidnightMonkey.com, N-I-T-E. So this uh, is for only ladies. Guy, give us a call right now. The first three ladies that want to uh, pick uh, either myself, El Hefe, or Tommy. Call in right now, 800-636-1067, 202 And I want to say as well, I have the uh, the um, uh, AOL Instant Messenger up for uh, people to get in hold, uh, hold of us, too, at JFKLFA, J-F-K-E-L-J-E-F-E at AOL.com. Okay, awesome. Uh, in addition to that, coming up, uh, Sopranos Prize Pack. Hell hath no fury like the family. Don't miss out on an all-new episode of The Sopranos this Sunday at 9 p.m. 8 Central. And catch an all-new episode of HBO's new original series, Deadwood, 10 p.m. 9 Central, immediately following The Sopranos only on HBO. We'll give that away at some point as well. You know, you were talking about the grudge matches, Dubs. Yeah. Between high schools and being back in Dallas. Uh, being in Grand Prairie, which is a suburb of Dallas, in between Arlington and Dallas, and right below Irving, where, of course, the Cowboys play, the Mighty Mighty Cowboys. Um, it, you know, we had that kind of a rivalry. It was South Grand Prairie High School versus Grand Prairie High School, where Kerry Wood played. Yeah. Um, and I'm just driving around, and just like a whole bunch of memories come flooding back whenever you come back to your home down, hometown. You know, you see certain landmarks that, you know, remind you of that time that you and your buddies were so drunk and you stumbled into this place and, you know, caused all sort of a riot. You know, and what, then you, you know what the worst thing is when you go back to hometown? You expect to see something that you know will bring up memories and it's gone. That's the worst ooh, thing. Yeah, like there were a few places like uh, a strip club, in fact, that we used to go to all the time. I guess got condemned because they were letting in... As it turns out, we were underage kids in, and so they so they shut that mother down. Oh, but, yeah, I, I got I got a story sad. about that. What happened? All right, uh, we used to go to a strip club back in Lansing all the time when I was in high school. But I was 18 at the time. All our friends were 18. We were VIPs at the club, so they didn't even you know check our IDs or anything. They just let us in. Mm -hmm. And one time we brought this girl with us who was underage. She was she wasn't like you know too far off our age. She was uh, I think 16 at the time, almost 17. But she came with us to the strip club, and uh, they got her to get up there and strip. No. Yeah. So there was a 16 year old girl on stage naked at the strip club, and no. the superintendent daughter of our school. Oh my god. It was the superintendent's daughter. Yeah, she came with us to the strip club. And yeah, she uh, she got naked. Oh man, it's it's so wrong and yeah. beautiful at the same time. <laughs> it's like Monica Bellucci and the Passion. There's just so many wrong yet great things about it. Has everything come full circle to Monica Bellucci and uh, the Passion to you? I cannot tell you just how uh, enamored I am 
uh, with this lady and looking around at all the, the, the hot, beautiful women in Texas. And let me say this, too. Something's going on in this nation. Yeah. Forget FCC and shock jocks. Texas used to have the most beautiful women in the world, and I'm going to say this, they still really are. There's no doubt whenever you're in Michigan and you go to Texas, you can tell the difference in the women, mm-hmm. mainly because of the climates. Yeah, definitely. You know, that, that's the way it is. The hotter t- women tend to be in the south. They tend to be, you know, in the hotter areas. A lot of times, even in the south-south, the southern bells, the women like to take care of themselves. They appreciate looking good whenever they go out. The women now, and I'm, and this is everybody, but I'm just noticing this as a guy. Remember, I am a feminist. Keep this in mind. <laughs> the women now are so fat. They they I have mean, uh, you know beefed up. It's I almost mean, like they're cattle. I just thought it was a Michigan thing, but. I mean, guys are fat, too. I'm not going to lie. I saw my buddies from high school, which I want to eventually get to at some point, and we're all fat asses. We know this. We understand this. But it used to be we were the fat asses, and we could still go out and pull hot, skinny chicks. You know what? I there, th- there are no more hot, skinny chicks unless they're on heroin. You know what I think it is? Everybody talks about how it's the steroids and the food and all these kind of additives. I, I'm going to take it. And give it to, uh, you know, in high school, whenever you are, you know, either uh, playing uh, sports or, you know, trying to look your best and cut weight when you're in high school, you mess up your metabolism so much when you're young that when you get older, you can't control it anymore. And you go up, you go down, and you end up just with a bunch of loose fat on you. So you're saying it all goes back to the fact that you had such a metabolism because you were always so active in high school yeah. that once you grow up, you're not as active as you were, well, I, and that just ends up screwing things up for the rest of the time because your body was used to what it was doing in middle school and high school. Not that you are just even active from sports and everything. There was so much of a pressure on you in high school that you don't really have outside of high school to be thin, that you work even harder in high school to keep yourself thin, keep yourself fit, so you don't have to take the ridicule from it. And once you get out of there, there isn't the ridicule factor anymore, so you kind of almost let yourself go. That is an outstanding theory, J-Dubs. Kudos to you. I want to say that is actually what had me skinny when I was going to South Grand Prairie High School. I was trying to get chicks. I had been a fat kid. I was running three miles a day, eating. I was anorexic. I'm not going to lie. I had an eating disorder. I still have an eating disorder in the fact that I overeat. Yeah, you know, now it goes completely the opposite way. But I was anorexic when I was in high school, man. I swear to you, I would work out, no joke, maybe three hours, four hours total within the day. I'd wake up at like 5.30 in the morning and listen to Howard um, while I was working out. And then I'd have like I'd have dry toast every morning in orange juice. Then I'd go to school, and I would only eat pretzels and bread and water. Then I'd go to baseball class. After baseball class, I would go back to the gym. And then I would go home and eat half of a meal and pass out by 7 o'clock because my body was so deprived. Now, but, it, it, what's funny is you've taken this to a whole other level now because on, uh, on Wednesday, I was like... Uh, Hey, Hefe, I'm going to McDonald's. Do you need anything? You give me, you have to you have me go get an ice cream cone. All you wanted was an ice cream cone. So I had to drive back like I'm some kind of retarded retard driving a stick shift. A retarded retard. Driving a stick shift 
carrying an ice cream cone out the window so it doesn't drip all over my lap, having people stare at me like, look at that son of a bitch driving down the road, holding the uh, <laughs> holding a stick with one arm, switching back and forth to the wheel to the stick shift with a big-ass ice cream cone in his hand. You know, and you can attest, Tommy can attest to this, and Joe Ardinger can attest to the happiness that was on my face when you brought that ice cream cone in. And, you and know, that's the thing. I'm completely on the other side. I have to have all this food, and I have to get to the desserts. You know what was really pathetic is as I was leaving at 7, he goes, Hey, can you do me a favor, bro? Can you go to McDonald's and get me a 10-piece chicken McNugget? I, I can't believe you did that when I already went to McDonald's. Well, I didn't feel like McNuggets then. I felt like ice cream. <laughs> you know what's even worse? Somebody brought in Ron and Fez food that night. I had hamburgers and fries at 10 o'clock oh, after yeah. the show. You know what? I was in the I was in the call screen when that call came in. Wonderboy got a call and said, "Okay, you're so you're bringing food up? Yeah, two servings should be enough." And then Hefe goes, "What about the dump guy?" So then they had to bring in not in, not one extra serving, but two extra servings for Hefe. Tommy's a fag. Tommy's a virgin. Where is that when you need it? At least I have He's hair. right. He's all right. Come on. Why are you taking it? And I, you know what? And it's so funny, man. Because as much as I want to see people from high school, I don't right now because I am fat and I am bald. And sure, I'm a successful radio personality, but I'm I'm fat and bald. <laughs> you don't want to run into people. Do you remember? Right, the, I know that's gonna... Do you remember the phone call we had last night at like two in the morning? Yeah, I called no. you. I called you and I said, <laughs> "It's funny because you've been out of town. We've talked more on the phone now than when you're in town." But yeah. I called you and I said, "So how are the chicks out there?" And you said, "They're all fat." <laughs> I they thought, are. I, I, earlier in the day, you said, "There's some hot chicks out here." So I called him back to, to see what was going on. He's like, "They're all fat." Well, now, dude, we're going. We're going to the bar, and I just I see all these chicks in outfits. They just, they just shouldn't be wearing. And I'm asking myself, I mean, because guys know how to dress, I think. I think if you're a big dude, you don't wear tight clothing. You don't wear stuff that accentuates your man boobs. But chicks are some <laughs> hold reason. Hold on, hold on. You just said man boobs, and I just brought up something that I, I, I've been uh, having sitting in the back of my mind all day long. Have you watched the news today and saw the, uh, the uh, soldier or uh, the American citizen who they think has been, uh, you know, uh, taken hostage in, in Iraq. No. It, it, I don't want to make lightly of this, but if you watch the video, in the background there's an Arab guy uh, behind, uh, behind uh, the car. Uh-huh. With the most perky man boobs you will ever see, it is what it's like. They're holding them hostage for sports bras or something for this guy. Oh, this fat come son on. Of bitch Arab guy who takes an American hostage. Go on. Oh. <laughs> well, that was the funny thing. I'm at this bar, Neon Moon, last night, and there's this there's like the one effeminate guy that you don't know what which team he's playing for. But he's got the really tight shirt, and you think this dude should have a bra on. But for the most part, guys who are heavy understand how to dress. Yeah. And you just see so many chicks nowadays with the hip huggers. But if they're hip huggers, your hips should not be covering your belt as they're, like, overflowing out of the, out of the jeans. It just shouldn't be happening. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. Um, it, it, it's the whole thing of when I wear stuff because I am uh, 210 pounds, but I'm not like I'm not 
overly fat, but I do have. I'm a. I'm a skinny. You're fat. skinny fat. Yeah, yeah skinny fat. It, it, when I wear tight, like if I wear, you know, anything that is thin or tight, I I look just massively more obese than I do when I wear, you know. Like today, I'm wearing a t-shirt and a white t-shirt underneath it because it takes the ripple effect out. If I, wear, I do that too. If I wear two things of clothing, people can't see the actual lines of fat in my body, and it makes me actually look thinner, even though I'm wearing a little bit thicker of clothing. And I just wonder what it's like for these chicks to be going to the bars. And, like, I swear to God. All right. Here's the thing. This is how it really happened. There, it's so funny being back in Texas because I forget. Like, it really is cowboy boots and cowboy hats. Now, so this bar this bar is like a half and half kind of place. Now, hold, hold play on. Six country songs in a row and then six hip hop songs. That, that's what you were, uh, I I got your voicemail last night. I didn't get to uh put it on a card or anything. So we can't listen to it. We'll play it next weekend. But it was so funny when you called me. You're like, "I can't believe this place. It is like the twilight zone. Have you ever seen people wearing cowboy hats?" Tight jeans and booty dancing to Missy Misdemeanor Elliot. <laughs> That's what it was. They have boots on, their ten gallon hats on, and they're getting their freak on to Missy and Fifty Cent. It was the funniest thing that I'd ever seen. But you go and you, I swear there was this one lady who was missing like three teeth, and she was wearing a skin tight Mickey Mouse shirt. And she is with a guy who looked like Mullet Joe, uh, Dubs' mom's former lover. He had the mullet flapping, and he had, like, this bandana on. And I'm thinking to myself, is this the process where it's like, hey, baby, we're going to Neon Moon tonight. Why don't you put on the Mickey Mouse, the gray tight Mickey Mouse shirt that shows off all your cleavage? I, I just wonder what it's like. How do people leave the house do they not have mirrors? Well, are they already drunk? I think, Do they not care? I think they look in the mirror, and because of their surroundings, everybody else dresses like that. They're thinking, you know what? God damn, I look good. I'm looking good right now. I got my Mickey Mouse on. I got my uh, Capri pants. This lady was the size of a house. I'm not kidding. She was huge. And she had a Mickey Mouse shirt on in a bar. Who does this? Who goes to the bar? There was this one chick. She was smiling at me. She had three teeth. I knew I'm that not was kidding. coming. I, I'm not kidding you. I swear, I, if I could make this up, I would have made, made it funnier. She had three teeth, and she was hot, when, except for when she opened her mouth. And then you think about the other things that maybe that benefits. But, you know, I digress. Can I get Tommy to so come just, here real quick? Huh? Right, go on. I just need to ask for Tommy real quick. So I just wonder what this, you know, this mentality is. And then, all right, I want to get in. I got some other stuff about some memories that have been jogged. But my my boys, and I wonder what it's like for other married guys. They leave their chicks at home, all right, now that obviously I'm in the separation. They leave their chicks at home, and they go to the bar. Yeah. And at the bar, it's not like they're trading up. Because I'll admit, not a single one of my friends needs to be married. All of them are cheaters. They are looking to bang whatever is around. And it's not even... If you are going to cheat, you take the next step up. You only cheat if it's something that's going to be better than what you already have. But I promise you, man, 
I got I one of my buddies who's get married two years ago. Yeah. And he is dancing and making out with I swear the fattest girls in the room. And it wasn't just one. He was making out and dancing with three different fat girls. And he was so proud of himself. He was like, God damn dude, I can't believe I got married. I shouldn't have gotten married, man. Because I got all I got three chicks, all of them I could take home right now. <laughs> and this like, dude, they're all you know, your wife's not that small. Are you a are you a chubby uh, chubby chaser? There's nothing or wrong with just, that. And do you or do you just want to take that home? And I know we're alienating a lot in listeners, and I don't mean to do that because we're not skinny people ourselves. Yeah. But it's just so weird. And if you're gonna cheat, you don't cheat with a fat girl. Well, do you? I would say maybe because you know the fat girl is gonna be gracious for whatever she gets. She's not gonna run and tell the wife. You know. Well, that's the that's the thing. My buddy was telling me he was like, "Man, this chick came up to me and she was like, I want to do you so bad. You're so hot." And he's like, well, you probably haven't been done in seven years yeah. since you had your last kid. And, you know. Now, now, is this all at the club? This is all at the club. The club that these uh, rednecks are dancing to Missy Miss Demeanor Elliot. Yes. If you can imagine this. There are like four minorities in the building, and I'm one of them. So they go from Missy Misdemeanor into. They have lost the last lamp. <laughs> Already now this comes by request to gray, uh, from Gray Hoodie 88. He needs me to work this in somehow. Part of me is gone, and now, now I feel well, so alone. I know you feel the same way as I. I can't believe Dale's gone. I can't believe those voices I hear. I can only look back and remember. Out of the crowd as they stood and cheered In my heart you live forever I cried and I cried the night Dale Earnhardt died I cried and I cried the night Dale Earnhardt died I cried and I cried the night Dale Earnhardt died He was the only true hero from the south all right, That's, all, that's you. all you get, Grey Hoodie I gotta tell you this, I was singing that last night I was so drunk walking up to this bar, Neon Moon. I was singing that at the top of my lungs, and people thought I was the funniest guy ever. I, I, told, I told them I wrote it. Uh, gray Hoodie, uh, that was for you. And uh, Mo Cheeks, 77, uh, thanks us because he's been waiting for it all night. That's awesome. That, that's, that's become that... a staple. Yep. Also, the, uh... also, we need to say happy birthday to Halloween Goddess. It's her birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Halloween Goddess. We miss you, and we think. Thank she you so much for everything you did last week. She did an amazing job from Masters Costumes. Masterscostumes.com. So, Dubs, let's do Mandatory Manson. And I want to come back because I got a very, like, something. I was driving around and something just, like, really jogged my memory. And uh, I wanted to chat with you about this a little bit because I think you can give me some advice on it. Hold on real quick. William. Hey. William the Pizza Guy, you're guys. in the hideout. What's up, guys? What's going on, bro? Hey, I say, you having a good time down there in Dallas? I can't even begin to describe how happy I am to be back in Texas. I am. That's right. You get what? no pizza. Um, yeah, obviously. Thank you, William, for for stating the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but William, we'll get into it a little bit more. William, feel free to bring us pizza. No, not interested tonight, William. <laughs> Stay home. You can't be interested. <laughs> Stay home, bro. Don't worry about it. 
We'll see you next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do mandatory Manson. All right. Let me find it on. I'm all new to this uh, whole instant replay thing, so. Bank 341. Yeah, I got it now. I found it already. How smart am I? Mandatory. We will no longer be oppressed. LFA's hideout. By the police state mentality. 106.7. It is not enough show. Yeah. It is mandatory, Manson. Hefe, you picked this one out today. What is it? Uh, uh, today, in honor of kind of what we're going to talk about in a second, from the golden age of grotesque, it's ain't or saint, however you want to say it. Uh, mandatory Manson, it's a hideout, Cafe and J-Dubs. I say we just go till 1 o'clock in the morning. It's JFK. <laughs>
homosexual. I defy you to tell me there's something wrong with that. With LFA and J-Dubs on 106.7 WJFK. It is the hideout of 106.7 WJFK. Me, J-Dubs, I am in the WJFK studios in Washington, D.C., but El Jefe is on vacation right now and broadcasting live, uh, kind of linking up to us from Live 105.3 in Dallas. Uh, you know what? Let's just keep it this way. I'm, I'm actually having a lot of fun like this. I like doing this. Who's to say this couldn't be done? Who's to say I, we couldn't maybe flip the switch here in Dallas? I, I do the show here. You do it in D.C. Do a simulcast uh, back and forth. Can I go home, too? All right. You know, D.C. can still hear the show, but let me go home. You'll be in uh, Detroit. I'll be in Dallas at KLLI. And we'll have Tommy and Sideshow run the board uh, at JFK. That's the dream. That really is the dream. Um, Sorry about that. I'm drinking some Red Bull. I'm trying to... I'm so... I've been on such a drunken, sleep-deprived binge... I, uh, in the last, in I, the last 24 hours. You know, I usually drink Red Bull during the show, too, but today I tried the uh, Sobe No Fear. How was that? It's pretty good. Um, hmm. It's a, uh, what is it? It's a super energy supplement. It says double down, SobeNoFear.com. Is it still I'm, giving you the good high? Yeah, it, and it's a huge can. Like, it, you know, like the uh, the Red Bulls are really small. And they, it's probably sound like a commercial for them, but I'm, I swear I'm getting no money for it. It's 16 good. fluid ounces <laughs> of, uh, hey, speaking of, that, of turing, we... creatine, uh, arginine, and other power components. <laughs> so retarded. I'm loving the Sobe. No fear. Sobe. Sobe. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Sobe. So be yourself. Did, did, did Dubs get another sponsorship while I was out of town? No. Uh, did I miss out on this? No, but remember I used to have to do the tags for the Sobe commercials back at our old station? Hey, speak, what was that? What speak. Was that? Um, I, I think I remember the tag. Uh, oh, what was that? So uh, be, so be yourself. Yeah, but there's a whole thing. Uh, life's short, so take action or something like that. Taste the, I can't remember the thing, but it did end with so be, so be yourself. Speaking of 16 fluid ounces, we're still looking for women to play the, the prevent prostate cancer game. So, if you want to, you don't even have to call now. You can do it on the AOL for broadband instant messenger. Tommy, do does, Rob, well. does Rob want to play the game? Is that what it says up there? Oh, jeez. If, if he's a queen, why not? That would be great. All right, gay men can play the game, too. I'm okay with that. Uh, hey, Tommy, uh, so, there? No, he wants to play like if we're, if we're doing something for the uh, Sopranos prize pack. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, we do have to do the Sopranos prize pack. Well, actually, Thank you, so Tommy. Dub, Dubs, check this out, man. So I'm driving on I-35, and uh, it just brings back memories as I'm driving along, checking out the skyline of beautiful Dallas, Texas. And as I'm driving, I'm remembering the times that I had my Jeep and my various women that I would... Uh, Mac on and take out, you know, when I was a real stone cold pimp. And I remember this one time, it was like really awkward because we just had a great night. And then for some reason, you know how it is, it's like one thing sets you off. It doesn't matter if you're tired or something's been irking you or whatever. And my chick is like all over me. I think, you know what it was? This is what it was. I had a Jeep. And I always loved in the in the in the spring and in the winter time, or I mean in the spring and the summertime, riding with everything off, 
uh, including the doors. So basically, you know, it's like one of those army jeeps that you're driving around in, but you're driving around in heavy traffic. And at night, occasionally it can get cold, but a lot of times women hated being in my jeep. They liked it, and they liked the idea of a jeep, but they never liked to go out in the jeep. It was a 93 Jeep black Jeep Wrangler. Had, it was all chromed out. I'm serious, man. I was a stone-cold pimp. So, but with this thing, the girls would always get upset because it would always mess up their hair. And they'd look windblown every time we'd go to wherever we're going as we're driving through the city. I would say, don't worry, I'm going to mess up both hairstyles next. Don't worry about that. Right. And so you know, she, would get, she would get mad. <laughs> Ride the lap mullet. Um, <laughs> she would get mad. <laughs> <laughs> because I refused to put the top on. I'm like, look, we have a Jeep for a reason. I have a Jeep for a reason. And it's not about you and your hairstyle. It's about us enjoying the outdoors. And so we got into this whole fight. And eventually it got to the point where I was like, if I were OJ, you'd be dead right now. <laughs> it's true. And, it's and, so she true. Got, and she got so pissed and she was like well, you know she started getting attitude and how dare you and is this a physical physical threat of my being and you know what do you and this is before i was a feminist by the way i would never say that to a woman now ladies but you know she got just really really upset and it was just so funny you know driving around like you know thinking of memories and stuff like that just somehow like a highway or something can trigger that and i was like you know we we're talking about some of the worst stuff that you've ever done that may have been the worst thing I've ever said to a chick, because you really don't want to threaten physical violence like OJ. You know uh, what I mean? I, I think I can up you on this one. Um, All right. Right after high school, I had this uh, this chick, and she, uh, all right, this is bad. She she had these, like, <laughs> cramps and pains in her area, mm-hmm. and so she was like, I don't even know what's wrong with me. And, you know, what's wrong? I'm like, well, it took a beating in high school. Kind of alluding, oh, alluding to her being a slut, which she wasn't. I was just trying to make a joke, but she took it completely the wrong way. I mean, Wait a second. How can you take that the wrong way? That is maybe the worst thing you could ever say to a chick. Well, I, I didn't mean for it to be mean or, uh, you know, just, I, I mean for it to be mean, you know. I, I just wanted to make a joke, make everybody laugh, have a good time. I, first of all, women are super sensitive to stuff like that. Yeah, well, I know that now. Because I had said something sim- similar to that, too, where I was like, you know, whatever. You were a whore before you met me. You know, <laughs> what's your problem? But for her to say she's got some female issues and for you to comfort comfort her with the line, well, it took a beating in high school. How do you how do you do that? How is it anywhere in your thought process that this is the correct thing for you to say? See, the thing is, and I used to be a lot worse with this, and I'm pretty bad with it now. I speak before I think a lot of times. I will not think it through, and if I if someone pops in my head and I, and I think, hey, I would laugh at that, <laughs> I'm gonna I I just blurt it out. Even though Don't you realize that you have a demented sense of humor, though? Yeah, I know. But, you know, for anybody that would, uh, you know, be with me in any intimate way, I would think could uh, share my beliefs. All right, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to give out the Soprano prize pack. I want to see if somebody can top dubs. I want to see if there's anybody out there, women included, who have taken that next step. 
gone to that next level of saying something as mean as Dubs has before. You know who would be perfect for this segment is a Spoon. Yeah. Spoon, uh, 800. Spoon didn't give a damn. Remember, what, what did he say to his uh, one chick when we were... <laughs> like, he, he used to tell her she has to lose weight, and she was a really thin girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he used to tell her all kinds of crazy stuff. This is for the Soprano uh, Sopranos Prize Pack. 800-636-1067. 202-432-1067. If you can top dubs telling his chick who had female problems... Hey, it's because it took a beating in high school. God damn, dude. It, it, it that's, was a, that's pretty hardcore. It was pretty rough. Uh, Rob, do you have one? Yeah, first I want to say thanks, Tommy, for the save on that. Um, <laughs> but I also want to vote for uh, El Jefe in the uh, little contest you guys are having. He's definitely going to win, hands down. Preventing uh, prostate cancer? Or hands yeah. up, hands to the side, doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, well, I told a chick once that... She was one of those chicks in the bar that's loud. Tommy, I can't answer that right now. You gotta, you gotta just take the calls, man, or come in. What's that? No, I'm not talking to you. Oh, all right. So anyway, I said to her, "So who hit you with that ugly stick?" <laughs> you really told the chick who hit you with the ugly stick? Yeah, because she's one of those real annoying ones that never shuts up and just la 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 la, and nobody wants to touch her, but she just la 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 in everybody's face. Would you just get out of my face? Uh, All right, Rob. If I if I we don't get anyone better, uh, keep on listening. Good. It's pretty good, but you know we gotta take more calls. And uh, everybody who uh, who uh, makes it, just keep on listening. We'll announce the winner and call back. Shout out to NCICB. Rob in the house. (laughs) Word. (laughs) Eric. What's going on, man? What's up, bro? Uh, I got one for you. Okay. All right. Uh, one time we were driving down to uh, 95, actually, and I got a Jeep Wrangler myself. And uh, the girl was complaining about the same thing with the wind blowing, messing up her hair. So I pulled over and let her put up the top, and she kept bitching about it. After we put it up, that I pulled over and left her on the side of the road. I, that's, <laughs> that's not really anything you said to her. That's not saying anything? That's pretty hardcore. I, 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 I let her on, but I really didn't give her a big beating in the words of talk. She just pissed me off enough to the point that I left her on the road. Now, now how far from anything did you leave her? Like, how, how how hard would it have been for her to find a ride home from where you left her? <laughs> oh, Alright, well, I'll give you an idea. You know, when you're going down 95, heading south, right outside Fredericksburg? Yeah. I would say probably about 20 miles south oh, from Fredericksburg. So uh, you're going... You're in first place you're in right first now. Place, Rob. <laughs> I mean, Eric, sorry, Eric. Yeah. 1-800-636-1067, 202-432-1067. Wow, man. All right. Now, he didn't say anything. Maybe we should change this to the meanest thing you've ever done to your significant other. Dubs, you said something that's really mean. That guy left somebody on the side of the road. That's taking it to a whole nother level. Again, for a Sopranos prize pack, uh, check out the Sopranos, of course, on uh, Sunday, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock Central. All right. We have uh, actually a girl that wants to take a part in this. Kathleen. Kathleen, you're in the hideout. Kathleen? Hooker. <laughs> <sighs> she was a whore. So now, what? What was? That, did, how did you make up with this chick? Did you have to do anything specifically to like make good, or was that the end of the relationship? You know what? That was basically the end of it. I mean, we stuck together for probably a month longer, but I think that was uh, the beginning of the slippery slope to uh, breaking up with her. She. Uh, she was very, very uh, snappy towards anything I said to her anymore, any little joke, even if it wasn't like a real mean one. 
she would still, you know, take everything a lot worse than she would have before I said that. So. And you got to think, too, that this isn't going to be the kind of person that you want to spend any extended, extended period of time with if you're actually having a serious medical issue. And the best that they can come up with is, well, it was your fault because you were such a whore in high school. And no. you deserve it. No, and that's I, what you get, you skank slot. I did not mean it like that, though. I just meant to make a joke. I, it's not like I believe that she was a whore, you know? Was... Well, let's be honest. <laughs> if that was happening, there's no. No, she wasn't a whore, you know. I was just making a little bit of a joke. She, it wasn't like she had a whole hell of a lot of partners before me, you know. It was just a joke, you know. And she, it... she made fun of me for being a man whore all the time when I'm clearly not. I'm a very fine, upstanding person. Is there anything that you, anything worse that you could say to a woman besides calling her a whore? I mean, is that, is that the worst that it can get? I think that is uh, pretty close to one of the worst things you can do. Really. Jay, you, Jay, you're in the hideout. Yeah, hey, listen. This is not like I did it to a girl, but I did this to a buddy of mine. I had just spent the night doing his girl, and then my car broke down on the way home. I called him up, and I had him pick me up after doing her. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> These people, who are the degenerates to listen to the hideout? I think we're finding I, out right now. What do this, you think, this, is a very, this is a very telling thing about the listeners. Um, I don't know. I'm going to leave this on you because I, I, I'm too mean to uh, really, to really well, let me award this. Let me ask more of the situation then. So you ended up having sex with your best friend's uh, girl. Hey, is, Tommy, are you related to Tommy at all? <laughs> and so, and so, then your car breaks down there. Did he think you were just hanging out? Was this something that you guys were doing on the down low? And then he ends up finding out as you call him for him to pick you up. Well, he found out later, but I had been known to hang out with his girl from time to time. How, did you not have anybody else you could call? Not at that hour. <laughs> you only got one. You got your old standby. Somebody that can pick you up and also give you a horde bang. Hey, uh, for me. You know what, Dubs? I like this one, but it's not like leaving your chick on the side of the road. Yeah, it's not really in the spirit of the game because he didn't really do it to, like, a chick. Well, I just wanted to bring some more entertainment to the hideout. I love you guys. I've been listening for a few weeks now. Thank you very much, Jay. Enough. Thank you Thanks, very much, Jay. Appreciate it. 800-636-1067-202-432-1067. Again, talking about dubs and uh, a girlfriend that he had after high school. And then it, it, this all coming back from me as I'm broadcasting live from Dallas as I'm back home driving around looking at all these, you know, looking at the skyline, looking at my old, you know, high school, South Grand Prairie High School, just bringing back memories of not only hanging out with buddies, but like ex-girlfriends and things that you did to previous significant others that were really hardcore and mean. John, John, you're in the hideout. Hey, Hefe and Dubs. What's up, bro? How you guys doing? Not bad. Uh, one time, me and one of my exes, we went hiking on this mountain in uh, Pennsylvania. It was a real obvious trail, tourist trail. Well, I took us the wrong way by mistake. And uh, she was bitching and bitching, you know, blaming me for getting us lost on purpose, she was saying. So I just I just split, man. I just took off and went off on my own. And the, the trail was gone. There really was no trail, but I made it to the bottom. I made it to the parking lot to the truck. She got lost up there. 
Did she die? She didn't die. I waited at... She had the keys on her. I waited at that truck for like two hours. Yeah. Some woman, I don't even know, came wheeling up in a truck. She got out of the truck. <laughs> so that's where you made the mistake, man. You let her hold on to the exactly. keys. And the lady says to me, now don't be mad. She got lost. She needs your help right now. Now, how did you play it? Did you play it like you just left her ass there, or did you play it like, oh, my gosh, we got separated. I'm so glad you're okay. At first, I didn't care, but then I worried because if she was dead, I would have got busted. Well, you wouldn't have killed her. She would have died on her own. Yeah. No, no, like... man. You know, it's rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm thinking there's going to be some sort of a price there. But uh, how did you play it with her, though? Did she know that you oh, no, purposely I was, left I, her? Oh, my God, you know, the hug, the kiss, <laughs> thank God. You're safe. I know what I was going to do without you. Yeah, I miss you so much. I go home. <laughs> All right, Dubs, this is taking it. Now we have we're, to decide. Yeah, we're taking this to a different level now. I, we have to decide the malice that's involved. The lying almost makes it better. Yeah. Because uh, the one right. guy just dropped her off. Okay. But I like the fact that he lied to her face. Afterwards. But at the same time, he also had he had the pleasure of knowing that he could have just left her out there because you could have eventually hotwired the truck. Now, Jefe, what we're seeing right now is the evolution of a bit. What we're gonna do now? We're gonna try to change it up. Just mean stuff. Just, not okay. mean stuff you just said. Mean stuff you've done to your chick or, you know, a chick in general. 1-800-636-1067-202-432-1067. I'm voting John takes the lead now. Okay, uh, this is playing for a Sopranos prize pack if you want to uh, get into this. I like how it's called the evolution of a bit, not the callers have a better idea for the segment, so we'll just go with them. <laughs> We'll call we'll call a bluebird blue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Andy, Andy, you're in the hideout. Hey, I had this girl in my one of my high school classes that just wouldn't shut up one day, and I was like, I'm gonna say something to piss her off. So I turned to her, I said, you know, your face looks like it caught on fire, and somebody tried to put it out with an ice pick. It just pissed her off, but it made me feel much better. Uh, you know, there's not there's nothing like. And thank you for the phone call. There's nothing like. I remember being in high school too, and there was this always there was this cheerleader who was like on the borderline, who was kind of cute, but also at the same time shouldn't have been a cheerleader because yeah. she was kind of thick. Yeah. Well, and, she, and she I, was probably the bottom of the pyramid. She was, exactly. she was. Yeah. She was the one that will hold everybody up. Yeah. And so my thing with her was I just loved picking on her, huh. and I loved I loved messing with her self esteem, and so. She made the stoop, and she knew that I'd do this, but she kind of liked me, too. And it was one of those love-hate kind of relationships. Yeah, she loved the abuse. And she made, well, I guess, yeah, technically, you know, abuse, attention, it was all the same thing, sadly. And she made the mistake of, you know, trying to take it to the next level. And I promise you, I said this. I said, no, you're too chunky for me. And I said this to her face. Now, I, we used to uh, make up nicknames for everybody and actually call people nicknames, but they were the most simplistic nicknames that were so hilarious just because of how simple they were. Like, we had this really tall, ugly chick, so she was tall, ugly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and we'd call her that. Like, hey, what's up, tall, ugly? Oh. It was one of the meanest things in the world, but it was just so funny because it was so simplistic. One time, I remember being in earth science class, and uh, they were talking about how many Twinkies are consumed in one day by the American public. 
and it was something like, you know, 500000 Let's say that, because I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, well, that's not really that bad, because uh, we had a girl named Julie right next to me who was just insanely big. Uh, Julie over here, she, eats, uh, she uh, has like a conveyor belt of them going to her mouth. That probably has to be at least uh, half of them right there, 250000 You said it's in a science class? Yeah, in front of the whole class. And she uh, she took it really well during the class, but I guess after the class she went home crying, and I got in some trouble for that one. You're so evil, brother. And the funny thing is, the teacher never said anything back about it. Did the teacher laugh? He, no, he didn't. He's like he, he kind of like agreed and just kept on moving out of the class. No, because he, he never scolded me about it. He just kind of agree with. Yeah, she's a fat girl. He's kind of like true, true. All right, moving on. That's so. Fu- hey, if we were if we were to come up with those simplistic names for ourselves on the show, what would what would we be? I, I would be. Uh, well, I'm I'm already kind of the skinny fat guy. Maybe skinny fat stinky. <laughs> how about, uh, now I you say marble yourself. mouth. Marble I say mouth. marble mouth. But that's not really on on how you look. We did it mostly on appearance. You couldn't do it on anything though. You just we, do it on appearance. We could do it on anything. Like we had uh, a guy with a big uh, red blotch over his eye, so he was red eye. And uh, <laughs> it was the time of those com- it was those time of those commercials where like you know they did the thing where I got the red eye. The commercials. So oh no! We would run around and tackle this kid and like give him a wedgie and just keep on yelling. I got the red eye! I got the red eye! <laughs> All right, let's keep, let's keep on moving. It's on. funny how that's the hideout. That's what we do. Yeah. We somehow turn that into a living. Garland, Garland, you're in the hideout. Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on, bro? Hey, uh, I want to say something mean that I said to my girl. It was my wife, actually, on the night of our first wedding anniversary. I wanted to do something different, you know, something romantic. I don't know how much I can say on the radio. But I wanted to try a new position, and I was unsuccessful. And she said, well, I thought you said you tried it before. I said I did, but my last girlfriend didn't weigh as much as you. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right, we got a new leader. We got a new leader. Garland is in the lead. Now, uh, now the, I used to hear about this kind of stuff, Garland, where people would, uh, you know, uh, rodeo. You know, they used to call it the rodeo. And what they would do, they would be getting one of these fat chicks, and they'd, be, uh, they'd just lean over into their ear while they're getting them, and they would say, Jesus Christ, you're one fat ass. And, what? Try, and try to hold on for seven seconds while they're bucking you off. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, you're in the league, Garland. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Garland. That's 5,000. Hold on. Craig, um, Craig, you're in the hideout. What's up, guys? How you doing, bro? All right, man. Hey, I was a bartender outside of Cleveland a couple years back, and uh, I was out there in a fat chick, ugly chick, too, to boot. So I grabbed the paper, my tips. Oh, okay. You yeah. said I dumped you out right there. I'm sorry because you said you said tips. I, I'm sorry. I, I I couldn't hear you that well, and I didn't want to get fined. Uh, All right, good. Good. do the story over again, please. <laughs> All right. She she was putting her tip and a little piece of paper in my tip jar. Okay. So I emptied it out, took the thing, and it was her phone number, and said I'd really like to meet you later on. I took the piece of paper back over to her, split it up to her in front of her, and I said, I wouldn't have you as somebody else's deed to walk away. <laughs> that, that's kind of an old line, but it, funny that you actually said it to the girl, but it's kind of an old line. I, uh, our big thing um, when we were 
going out to the bars and everything. The the joke pickup line, you'd be out there dancing. If you're if you got like a chubby chick, you'd be like, you know what? You don't sweat that much for a fat chick while you're at the dance. I swear to God. And we would see who may, uh, who could get the most girls in that night, just saying that to them, you know? By saying that? Yeah. I'm telling no, you, not, this not, would... Not getting them, not getting them into bed, but just how many people, how many guys would have the cojones to actually go up to uh, a set of many, many girls and do this. It's so funny. I wish I had known that because I swear I would have done that last night at this bar that we were in at Fort Worth in the stockyards because it would have worked. All the fat girls were really sweating. It's so funny to do on the dance floor as they were dancing in their cowboy boots and their hats to Missy Elliott. It's just silly. It's just silly. Rob, Rob, you're in the hideout. Okay. A uh, bunch of my friends were all meeting in front of the movie theater, and my chick is standing in front of me. All of a sudden, she, like, faints and falls back. So I kind of, like, catch her and, like, slut, uh, lightly lay her on the ground and walk away. Did you just drop a slut in there? <laughs> I mean, all my friends are like, dude, dude, your chick's laying on the ground. And I'm just walking away like I don't know. <laughs> you, you just left the girl passed out there at the movie theater. She just freaked me out. Why is she fainting? Why is she <laughs> Because she has a kind of problem, man. And you just She's having an epileptic there. seizure, and you're leaving her on the ground to choke on her own tongue. No, thank you. Jack, yeah, you're in the hideout. And he's now an EMT, and you know the rest of the story. <laughs> right, I was Go ahead. Chick for like two years, and then uh, we break up, right? She has sex with like my best friend, like a couple weeks afterwards, right? And uh, the whole relationship, we never had sex with a condom or whatever. So then we hook up back again, and uh, I use a condom. And she puts it off for me and everything, and then we do it or whatever. And then I take it off, I'm like, uh, you, didn't, you don't wonder why I put a condom on? She's like, no. I was like, I never used a condom before. And she's like, well, I don't know. And I was like, it's because you're a freaking whore. <laughs> after you ended up getting it? Yeah, afterwards. Well, yeah, he's not going to say it beforehand. Then he has loses all the shot. Some girls are into that. That's role playing. Yeah. You got to respect <laughs> that. But I got, I can't uh, take Garland out of the lead. I just can't do it yet. Do you want to end the game now, then? No, no. We got a chick on the wants to tell her story. Cheryl, Cheryl, you're in the hideout. Hey, I'm the first woman. I have to win. Okay, let's hear what you got. Okay, well, first you have to ask Garland if he's still married. I, I doubt it. I doubt it, that is, too. That but is funny. Maybe if, we, if he ends up winning, we can find that out. Yeah, we'll call him back. Well, I've got two for you. One is about myself and my current husband, and the other is about a, a girlfriend and her boyfriend. First, when my husband and I first met, I never met him before, mutual friends, etc. And we kept saying we knew each other, etc., etc. And we actually did a long time ago, but we couldn't remember. We had some drinks, and then he looked at me, and in front of all of these people, he said, Did I sleep with you? Did he? No. <laughs> so he didn't even remember you? Well, we had met, but we had, we did not remember each other at all. Neither one of us did, but we looked familiar. But that was his great pickup line. And it worked. And it, well, eventually. I called him a name and left, but I have to tell you about my friends. They got into a fight one evening, and the girl's kind of larger, and Cheryl, you cut out everything, but you can't say that. Um, I don't know if we can. I can. We can even repeat that. It's funny. I, I wish I could say it myself. I'll, I'm going to clean it. I'm not even going to say. But the funny thing is that she used the letter D for damn. 
and then went on to describe probably the <laughs> the worst excretory function that you could possibly imagine doing to another human being. But thank you, Cheryl. That was perfect. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I love how the nobody knows the FCC and how it works. They think they can't see Bam, but they think they can talk about that. Water sports. We'll say that. All right. We are out of delay right now, so we're just going to hold on to... Uh... Well, I, I say we just go with Garland, man. I got a lot of other stuff to get to. Broadcasting right. here from Dallas. Are you sure we you can't got, take... Uh, we got two more people online. Let's just get those two guys. All right. And, if you uh, absolutely believe these are going to be good ones. I, I think they're all good. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, this I, is your this is your this is your humor. This is what you love most when people are mean to each other. It's like picking the best of two evils instead of the worst, you know. Jay, Jay, you're in the hideout. Jay, hey, what's up, bro? Nothing much, dude. What's up? What's your story? Uh, I was back in my house and chilling with my girl, you know, just watching TV and dump that. Ah, we lost. All right, we are. Uh... Game's over. Yeah. <laughs> People are now just forgetting the fact that they're on the radio. They actually think that they're in the hideout, hanging out with us in a very small room deep within the WJFK compound, and there's no FCC. Now, so let's just let's uh, let's get Garland back on the air so he can uh, cheer us all up with the story again, and then we'll take a break. Because while we're waiting for the waiting for the delay to ramp back up, this all goes back to the fact that when Dubs was just out of high school, he had a girlfriend who was having female issues, and he told her it's because he took a beating in high school, referring to her area, and just kind of seeing what the worst things that you've ever said and or done to uh, your chicks. People have left them on the side of a road. One guy purposely wandered off in the woods and left this chick in the woods only to later pretend to her face that he was worried about her being missing just because she had the car keys. But Garland topped all of that. Yeah. And to me, Garland is the winner because he tried a new position with his wife and it didn't work. Well, and he, he said it was a position that he'd tried before with another girl, mm -hmm. and he tried it for the first time with his wife. And when his wife and he couldn't execute it properly, he uh, told her that you know uh, the last chick didn't weigh as much as you, so it was a little bit easier. And we, so it worked. And we have Garland on the line right now. Garland. Yo, what's up, man? What's going on? Congratulations, you have won. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, oh, he he got the Sopranos right, well, pie, he, Pies track. Just, a Sopranos Prize Pack. Congratulations, man. It's a kick-ass uh, robe. It's got a robe. Champagne, got uh, a bucket. So, hey, are you still married? Uh, actually, that was like beginning of the end. She kept bringing up little comments about my girlfriend's name being lighter and... That's months, seven months later, we ended up separating, and I ended up back with my old girlfriend anyway. Right on, well, good girl. for you. Now you can do whatever you want sexually. That's awesome. You're a winner on all fronts. Congratulations, brother. Thank you very much, girl. And that's the funny thing. Whenever these kind of things happen, that is usually the beginning of the end. I'm, I'm saying probably almost all the time the beginning of the end. Because if it's one of the meanest things that you've ever done, just period, in life, a lot of times that person is just always going to remember that you were able to be that mean to them. Yeah. And they're always going to recall that no matter what happens. In a way, it's almost worse than cheating. Or maybe it's along the same lines. It's just like every time 
you know, the, your significant partner gets uh, upset. You're just like, God, and then I remember that one time you said we couldn't do this sexually because I'm not as light or as skinny as his previous girlfriend. Garland picks up on the Sopranos prize pack, Hell Hath No Fury, like the family. Don't miss an all-new episode of The Sopranos this Sunday at 9 p.m., 8 central. And catch all-new episodes of HBO's new original series, Dead Wood, at 10 p.m., 9 central, immediately following The Sopranos, only on HBO. Congratulations, Garland. All right, we're going to uh, actually go to the old school jam of the week. Do you have it already? Let's do it. All right. Old school jam, Ice Cube, Today Was a Good Day. It's Hefe and Dubs, it's the hideout. Uh, more coming up as I broadcast live from KLLI, Live 105 in Dallas. Dubs is back holding down the hideout in Washington, D.C.
country, booty, big country. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, all that cornbread, I guess. I tell you where y'all need to go. Where they got more women than anywhere. Five, two. Chris on Sunday night, no. Street races on floor. Y'all way off. I give y'all a hint. Everybody's been there. Wait, spit it out. Church. Oh, Nobody going to church to catch no bitches. Looking for black boxes. I like to know that a woman's just stupid enough to ask me. Shubs FFA on 106.7 WJFK. It is the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. I am J-Dubs, broadcasting live from Washington, D.C., 106.7 WJFK. While Hefe is not in studio tonight, he is on vacation, but he is still on the show Broadcasting live from Live 105.3 in Dallas. What's up? So good to be home, man. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Um, I'll give a whole round of thanks uh, here in a little bit to all the people that have really helped make this happen. Dub's doing a great job. Sideshow Engineering at Bateman. Obviously taking your phone calls. Uh, thanks to everybody who's uh, been calling. 800-636-1067, 202-432-1067. AOL for Broadband Instant Messenger. Dub's is manning that one tonight. That is J-F-K-L Hefe. J-F-K-E-L-J-E-F-E. Now, where I'm, usually, usually, where I'm usually sitting on the, in the studio, I don't have a computer in front of me, so I don't get to cruise around in the AOL for broadband. But it's really amazing during the show, the stuff you can look up and the things you can do on the AOL for broadband. Just such quick, easy access to everything. Plus, we get to chat with our buddies as well using the IM. I'll tell you, I'm going through IM withdrawals. Yeah. Because I don't have it uh, down here, you know. I mean, I'm just kind of floating from a buddy's house to a buddy's house, and uh, they have—they're not advanced enough to get the AOL for broadband, and so I actually find myself missing uh, chatting with Matt Albert yeah. on the uh, on the AOL for broadband. He, he's been chatting quite a bit tonight. No, he's fat. What else is he going to do? I cannot wait to post these pics. Of Matt Albert New Year's Eve with his blow-up doll. Yeah. I, I've put them up here in the studio at KLLI in Dallas as an inspiration of sorts. Just to make me happy. And I'm looking at you, Dubs, and just the absolute joy on your face as if you're a kid getting a Christmas gift as he's getting a third base with his doll. I really was. <laughs> it, it was the best uh, Christmas gift I could have got just to see that fat son of a bitch doing that. It was That's one of the, the funniest things I've ever saw. And that's that was how the hideout started the new year. Little did we know, uh, a mere few seconds later, uh, Punani would be kissing you on the lips. Yeah, that was... Making all of us completely uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I had to leave the show early. I left the show a half hour early just because of how creeped out I was. You felt violated, and I understand that. And I, I was okay with you going home after the, uh, the abuse that you took. Dubs... You know, we've lived in different places. Yeah. Um, you know, you lived in Michigan. Now you're in D.C. I've lived in Dallas, Houston, uh, Lubbock when I went to Texas Tech University. Had the pleasure of staying in Ann Arbor and Detroit and Lansing. And now I live in Silver Spring, well, you know, Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. Where is your favorite place that you've lived? My favorite place that I've lived? I would have to say when I was staying in uh, East Lansing, the college town area, because of the atmosphere that I was put in the whole time, where it, it kind of sucked because I couldn't chill out ever, you know, because we lived in the uh, big uh, party uh, 
apartment complex where there was nothing but a party going on all the time. But it was really cool because I was walking distance to anything going on on campus, any concerts, anything like that, or to any of the cool college bars where it was just nothing but ladies and liquor. Plus, you could always go to a super Walmart, too, and hang out if nothing else was going on. You know what? I could, and I, I enjoyed that. The reason I say this, would you consider yourself a big city boy or more of, do you like the, the small, easy easy times of uh, suburbia? I think I like suburbia probably better than uh, big city and uh, the country living, because I lived the country living for a long time, too. But I do like just like the outskirts of a city, you know, where I can get to everything real quick if I need to. But if I want to just chill out, I can chill out at my place and not have to worry about anything loud or crazy going on. I want to make the following statement as sort of a pre, a disclaimer of sorts. I want to say I absolutely love Washington, D.C. I like the town. I like living in Silver Spring. Do I wish WJFK was located closer to the city and not in Fairfax, super suburbia? Yes, but I still really like D.C. I dig the town. With that being said, I love Dallas. And some people will even hate me because they're Redskins fans, and I'm in Dallas right now. That's a reason to hate. I cannot tell you how much I love this city. To me, it is the best city in the world. It's the best it's the best constructed. There's so much to do. Uh, we're not going to have time for me to get into my actually going to the games that I went to go see because I want to talk about it at some point. So, Jefe, uh, have you seen... Uh... Hi, this is Troy Aikman, and you're listening to El Jefe's Hideout on 106.7 WJFK. Have you seen Troy Boy yet? have not had the opportunity to run into Troy Boy or any of my old pals, no. But... It, the trap, they because in D.C. you've got the Beltway and it's just always congested. Here in the in the Metroplex, man, you've just got free flowing highways and there's hardly ever any traffic. And the beauty of it is that there are multiple ways to get to places which you really lack in D.C. You're kind of stuck with the Beltway in 66 or 95. There aren't too many back roads that are easily accessible. You know, for example, if I want to go from Silver Spring to Fairfax. I either take the Beltway to 66, or I go through the city down over to 66. And, yeah. that you know, maybe you could take 50 here or there, but it's really a pain in the ass. And I just I just love this town, man. I can't tell you. And, you know, I got here, and immediately when I landed, I went and had some soul food at Sweet Georgia Browns. It always seems like there's something going on. And you hear me glowing about this city. And I wonder if I only love it so much because I left it. You know Probably. what I mean? It's like I mean, were you really tired of it when you were living there? Were you like you just know, getting kind of sick of it? Honestly, no. I I always knew I wanted to eventually end up in Dallas. Dallas has always, you know, you look at Stern, you look at private parts, and his whole thing is that he wanted to be in the air, on the air in New York City. And to me, Dallas is my New York City if we're using that kind of an analogy. Yeah. I always loved this town. I love the sports teams. I love it all. But then I know my friends, my friends who are here, who hate it. They absolutely hate it. And I wonder, Dubs, is it only that love because I only come home and visit once or twice a year, if that? And if so, I mean, do you feel the same way about Fowlerville? Well, yeah. Do you feel that same way about East Lansing? You know, when I went home for Christmas, I had a miserable time. 
I did not enjoy being back home. I, I thought, you know, oh, man, it's going to be great. I'm going to get to go to the old, the old bars, hang out with the old friends, see the family, uh, you know, just do all the stuff that I used to love doing. But when I got home, it was just just terrible. Like, I, I, I uh, didn't, I forgot all the bad things about it. I forgot all the BS that comes along with that area. Well, you know what's so funny is, though, that usually you don't get that BS when you're home on a vacation. Yeah, exactly. Usually when you're home on a vacation, you get the scoped view of it. Yeah. Where everything is great and you always have the money and you're always going out and doing things. And I mean, this vacation's been so great because Thursday night I went to go see the Dallas Mavericks play at the American Airlines Center, which is beautiful. And then yesterday I was an opening day, uh, the ho opening home game for the Rangers. And it's like, all right, so that's why this is the greatest trip ever and the greatest town ever, because I'm going out and spending $300 in two days at sporting events when you know it's not going to be that way normally. No, yeah, you, you normally don't have that kind of cash just to throw around, unless you're, uh, you know, on vacation, you've saved up for this, you know, you, you've uh, put a budget together where you can just go crazy and be Johnny Rockstar. Oh, and I am. I'm walking around like I own the place. Oh, yeah. I'm Mr. Moneybags. Oh, you got I'm, to. I'm Mr. Radio Star. They all think, little do they know. I mean, I have my friends so fooled. They think that I'm this that I'm this big bad rock star kind of guy, radio star in Washington D.C. All of you guys there know that I'm a hack. All of you guys, all of you guys know there. It's just a little weekend show. My buddies, they don't have a clue. Do you know what the cool thing is about your buddies? Yeah. They, they really don't care. Yeah, they don't give a damn because all my friends know that I'm nothing, you know, big. But, you know, they're still my boys, you know. They, uh, it's so, I've never been able to fool them on the fact that, you know, I'm larger than life, even though I've tried many times. Because they all remember Jelly Roll Johnson. Oh, yeah. There's no, way that, there's no way that I can ever be better than them. Even if I became the President of the United States, they'd still be calling me, Yeah, what, what up, Jelly Roll? You gonna go bomb a country? <laughs> you gonna go invade somewhere? You Your preemption? You should have been a preemptor on fatness, you little fat. They remember you, though. They remember yeah. you when you were just, you know, when you were that kid. And to me, that's almost the beauty of it. Because you see stars like Bernie Mac, who only hangs out with his old buddies from Chicago. Because they all remembered him when he was just doing, you know, his comedy on the subway. Yeah. And so they remember, it's almost, they don't care. They're going to love you whether you're employed, whether you're fired, whether, you know, whether you're divorced, married. You can just, it's, it's so funny, you can kind of always go home, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's great that, you know, you can have those kinds of friends and do that kind of stuff. But you also want the friends that think you're that big radio star and think that, you know, that just kiss your ass all the time, basically. You know, you We're want those friends as well. You, well, you don't want them. You don't want those friends. You just want it known to the other people that you probably grew up with that yeah, you made something of yourself. No, you you still want those friends that are, are going to do that. You know, the extra because they think you're someone important. You you don't want everybody to be that way, but you want a few of them. You know, you mm -hmm. want a few of those people around you. And what's so great about coming home is that, you know, these are guys that I haven't hung out with or seen in two years. That I have the occasional phone call with once every couple of. Uh, uh, once or twice a year, you know, we'll call each other and just, you know, hey, how's it going? Get caught up. All right, cool. You know, we'll see you later. But as soon as you get into town, it's like it's like it's the high school all over again or yeah. sixth grade or whatever. You're sitting down. You're cracking open a Bud Light. You're playing PS2. You know, all we've done is play PS2, E8, uh, MVP 2004, NBA Live 2004. 
and you just, you know, you're shooting the S. Yeah. You're hanging out, and, you, you know, it's just, it's like home again. And it's so funny how those relationships are. Well, you literally have not hung out with these guys since high school, what is now almost eight years but it, it is as if it was yesterday. Yeah, you and haven't, that's you haven't really, the coolest thing. You haven't really missed a beat yet. So how much did you spend the first day you were out there? <sighs> well, the first day I was out here, I landed. It was Thursday. As soon as I landed, like I told you, I went and got soul food. Went over to my buddies, and immediately we started drinking. We started drinking uh, Bud Light. Texas. Got to drink Bud Light. And we and Corona or something. Or that nah. or that Lone Star beer, that really dark, nasty stuff. Have you ever had I that actually, stuff? I had that yesterday at the bar, and I was so drunk that it just tasted like every other beer, to be yeah. honest with you. But um, so you just get lit up, and that drunkness at the American Airlines Center uh, to watch the Mavs and the Jazz. By the way, the Mavs won by thirty, even though they lost today, I think. But they won by thirty on Thursday. I was Johnny Rockstar. I had my buddy with me. I bought the tickets. I'm like, hey, let's get matching jerseys. Let's get matching hats. Are you serious? You, know? you actually went out and bought that crap? I did. At, not a, it's not even like I went to a discount store. I was going and getting ripped off at the actual stand at the stadium in, oh, the, in wow. the gift shop. Wow. And so I threw down. I, I came with $500 cash. <laughs> That's the first mistake. I threw down 200 night one. At, at the American Airlines Center between beer, between uh, getting matching jerseys and hats with my buddy. You know, did you pay for both uh, hats and jerseys? Yeah. And that, that really isn't that bad then. If you got two jerseys, two hats, and you drank on 200 bucks, I'm not really too disappointed in that night if I were but you. When you. But when you consider the fact that I'm gone for 10 days and I have $500 for 10 days and I've already spent $200 in eight hours, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of aft, you know. And so I'm, I'm talking to my buddy. I'm like, "Hey, dude, if I write you a check for uh, two hundred dollars, can you just give me cash and you can cash this at the beginning of the month?" <laughs> like, and then and I they, write they, it. Did he say, "Of course"? Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, that's cool." That's the thing about buddies, you know. You can, you know, write them a post-dated check for like, you know, three or four weeks, and they don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I don't write it off of the fact that I'm a poor, struggling radio star. I write it off as the fact, well, you know, I got Chevy Chase Bank, and they don't have anywhere down here, and they haven't gotten me my oh. ATM card. Oh, yeah, you have to spin it. Spin it because you don't want to give off the persona that you aren't the rock star that they think you are. And you, and then the other thing, too, um, you know, kind of going back to this, is I see my buddies. And, you know, I, obviously I did the married thing, you know, going through the separation. But they're all married, too. But they're all married and taking it to the next level. Like, all these guys that you grew up in high school with are married with children and have these houses, these immaculate houses, two stories, uh, suburban Dallas. This guy, my buddy Tim, has got a house, $157,000. It's like a four-bedroom, and he's got a game room upstairs where he has pool table. He's got the PS2 that's round sound system. He's got, you know, a little fridge with beer. This house, I'm not kidding you, in Washington, D.C., would be a million-dollar home. But the cost of living here is so low yeah. that it's, you know, he's, he's paying $1,300 a month for this mansion, for this mini mansion. I'm paying 1100 at my crop apartment in Silver Spring. And I look at my buddy, and I'm like, God, dude, you've made it. But at the same time, he's a vendor. 
You know, he goes up and he fills candy in machines. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's like this given trade where he's got this whole life where he's got this wife and he's you know, he's you know, he's making his money and he's got his he's got his house but at the same time he's peaked. Yeah, exactly. That that's what I was just about to say. You have to pick what road you're gonna take. You know, are you gonna take the road where, you know what, I'm gonna live pretty good right away, but I'm I'm gonna level out really early. Or am I gonna, you know, take the uh, tough road, slum it for about, I don't know, maybe eight to ten years, and then hit my big, uh, hit my big paycheck? Because that's, just, I mean, he, you know, he's happy. He he hit with commissions and everything. He hit fifty three thousand dollars in a year. That's a nice living, yeah. especially considering in Texas, you know, that affords him this mansion. And meanwhile, I don't even want to say what we're struggling along with. Because no. we have to keep up this facade of being radio stars. You but know, at some I, point, we have million-dollar potential. It was the same way where I grew up because we had, like, the big Ford plants, the big Chevy plants, all those types of things where a lot of people would go work after high school. But, you know, they, they make about $40,000 right out of the gate, right out of high school, which isn't bad. But you uh, you have, like, the chance of only moving up to maybe sixty or 70000 That's and by that's, the time, that's by the time you're, like, 60. So and it's, you have to look forward to just that for the rest of your life. And these guys, you know, you'd study show where adolescence doesn't really end until like 25 now. You know what I mean? And yet my buddy, even though he's married and he seems like he's going to be, it's going to be the same old routine for the next 40 years, he's still doing stuff to stay young. I mean, he's got a game room, you know, where it's all lit up with neon beer signs and a, you know, and a pool table and PS2. What are other ways that guys now try to stay young and hold on to their youth? I mean, is there stuff like maybe dressing a certain way? Like you refuse to grow up because, you, you know, you're always going to wear the baseball jerseys or the basketball jerseys and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, especially in this business, I think that's why we kind of stay in this business, because we kind of hold on to our uh, youth and uh, adolescence a little bit longer than anybody else. I think that's exactly the reason why we got into this business, because we know we can play around. Yeah. We can throw rocks at each other. It, it's, like, you know what? It, it's like having shop class for uh, for a living, you know? you. you the class that you could just do nothing but goof off at the whole time, but you still get credit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Theater class. That's what we've basically done. Is to, you no, know, I, I, I don't, don't want to get gay. We what? Gonna, but but oh. if you want to throw it to theater. <laughs> Come on. Homoerotic humor, that's what we specialize in. You tell me you don't want to get gay too late. You're in the hideout. Hold on, <laughs> man. You, we apologize for the homosexual content of this last scene. We now join this fiercely heterosexual sketch already in progress. All right, very good. Steve, Steve, you're in the hideout. Hey, guys, how you doing? What's up? I just wanted to kind of tell you a little story. I, I own about friends that you haven't seen in a while. I own my own automotive repair shop in Northern Virginia, and I had a uh, customer come in who was a friend of mine from high school. I've been out of high school about 15 years, and we we haven't seen each other in probably 12 of that 15, and he looks at me and he says, wow, you still work in a place like this. Right. And I thought, no, douche, I own the place. I mean, like being a, owner, being a mechanic and working with your hands is a bad thing. Well, yeah, I mean, there there's a whole stigma about that, but is that what you did right after you came out of high school? You worked on cars, right? No, I never worked on cars. Oh, okay. I, but, you I, know, I, I worked I, myself 
in the transportation business into the point that I, I bought a shop by writing service, but I never actually worked on cars. Thank you very much, Steve. That's the thing, though. Uh, when you talk about mechanics or anything, that's another profession that you can jump right into out of high school, make a good coin, but moving up is pretty doubtful. Maybe you can own a place. Maybe you can do something like that, and then you can elevate yourself. But if, if you're going to stick with that trade, you kind of plateau. That's part of the whole thing, though, in high school. Like, everybody thinks they're going to be a star athlete. Everybody's going to be an actor. Everybody's going to be something for them. You know, they all have these big dreams. And then it's always so weird to see the people who you thought was going to be the next great left tackle for the Washington Redskins. And, you know, they own an auto repair shop. And you just kind of wonder what happened. You know uh, what I mean? No, I, I wouldn't say owning one's bad, but when you're uh, no, but when you're when you when, when you don't even own one, when you're working at the Jiffy Lube just changing oil, yeah, and you everybody in high school had some big aspirations for you, but you know you kind of got lost in the shuffle somewhere. And, it, and not to say that's anything wrong, but I'm even saying even if you do own your shop, it's almost like that isn't even good enough because you set the bar so high. That people in a lot of times life is again. I go back to what Carlin says. Life is full of a you know a few winners and a whole lot of losers. Yeah. And not to say that everybody's a loser, but you're a loser to the standard that you set for yourself well, you, or that others set for you. And you know what? I think that's a big problem with what's going. I don't want to get political, but what's going on with the country? That in high school and middle school, and even when you first step into kindergarten, you are set up for you know, just failure. You are always. I I remember one of the one of the first days we started elementary school. Uh, I know you love when I say that, but um, we uh, we had to do a relay race. So we were already competing, and it was only kindergarten when we didn't know what we were going up against. And another thing they used to do to us, they used to post our grades. So whatever you know, whenever you're going through the school systems. They F with you every chance they get. By is it effing with you, or is it trying to create a competitive person to be the best they can be in life? But if you try to comp- if you try to uh, create one thousand competitive people, like just overly competitive people, you are almost setting up nine hundred and ninety nine losers. You know. Well, here's uh, no, completely, and see that's the funny thing because that's the dynamic in high school. But then on the other flip side, there's family. Like, I went and I saw my, my grandparents. Uh, God bless them. They're 80 years old. They're hanging in there. I also feel bad, too, because, I, you know, they don't know a whole lot of English, just a little bit. And I feel really stupid in the fact that I don't know any Spanish. So i got to get translators from my own grandparents. That's really bad. That's really sad, and I'm a horrible Latino. Now how dare you but call yourself a jefe? Yeah, it really, it, it, it's it's shameful. But we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk more about that at a later point. Yeah, we will, Cruz. <laughs> but um but at, you know at the same time they kind of look at me with disappointment in their eyes. They don't see the potential. You know what I mean? They see my cousin Kyle who's a Dallas firefighter and they're proud of him. you know it's like he's doing the greatest thing in the world. They look at, you know, Sam who is in studio who by the way is very successful, recent Texas Tech University graduate, working as a civil engineer, has a yeah, great we, job. We see where they took you though. You know, and it, yeah, but they tell see you, me. Tell, tell your cousins not to count their eggs before they hatch. <laughs> they see me though, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, just now finally getting a full time job. 
And they're like, wow, was it worth it? And they don't realize almost how much it is worth it yeah. in the grand scheme of things. And they kind of look at you like you're a failure. It's just, it's just so funny to have that whole dynamic. Well, you should have um, came from my background where my mom's a janitor. <laughs> my, dad, you know, uh, my dad, who's uh, fairly successful in what he does, I'm sorry I'm talking with my mouth full, but... I don't he, care, it's not a, professional radio. Yeah. My dad, uh, who uh, <laughs> is successful, but, you know, he's like, you know, not over the top. And you know what's so funny? It sounds normal, like it's just garbled talk. It's like it doesn't matter if you have food in your mouth or not. Actually, it's kind of soaking up some of the spit, so it actually sounds a little better. <laughs> but you know, you talk about that. My grandfather today was sitting down and going through every single person, the all of his children and their children, and how successful they are. And you could just see the gleam in his eye because he came over from Mexico. You know, like yeah. I said, they barely speak any English. And yet every, just about every single one of don't, their kids went on to college. Don't All tell of I, their kids' kids went on to college. I would keep uh, that uh, comment away from Ted Nugent because he's going to kick him right out of this country. You know that. And that's, what, and, and that's a brag on my family, but they really are the American dream. I mean, you hear people like Sideshow like yelling Rose. about... Yelling about English only, English only. But my grandparents who came over have been very successful in the community, and they've raised these nine children, and it is nine or ten children, sadly, uh, who all you know have gone to college or either had their children gone to college. I know it's it's a it's a living stereotype that is like almost overcome the whole thing. Not to get you know brag too much on my family and stuff. What other and yet, what other stereotypes do they follow? Um, let's see. Well, he was Drive a driver lowrider. He's a You know what? He had an El Camino. <laughs> he did have an El Camino. Yes. What's wrong with that? There's nothing. Go ahead, play the Mexican hat dance. Why don't you just ruin the beautiful American story, American dream that I've told hey, all of Washington DC. I'm only doing this by request, all right? <laughs> you want it? You got it. <laughs> Listen to you. Broadcasting live from Washington, D.C. I'm broadcasting live from Dallas. Dubs is in D.C. Uh, 106.7 WJFK. The only other thing, too, is I'm not going to touch any more liquor. No. I was, like I told you, I was drunk after the Maverick game. We went and had more beers. We wake up the next morning to go tailgating for the Ranger game. Uh, I'm so sunburned. My bald head is peeling. It's so disgusting. And I was so drunk in the bottom of the first inning. I'm sitting there watching Alfonso Soriano hit at the ballpark in Arlington, and I am so just hammered. I could barely make it through the rest of the day, and we go to the bar last night where all the fat girls are hanging out, and I'm having seven and sevens. And this is the other thing, too. You were actually drinking seven and sevens? And Dollar Bud Light, because it, it was dollar beer night on a Friday night. It was beautiful. I, you cannot find those really out here, like those places where you can get a dollar beer, not even drafts. That's a, I, that, that was the big thing I missed about being in a college town, because those places know that these kids have no money, so they gear everything to like the cheapest drinks possible. Like They used to have uh, dollar well drink nights, where every uh, you know, well drinks a dollar. Uh, actually, there's this one place, remember Rum Runners? Yep. They had they had uh uh twenty five cent nights. 
Uh, well, here's well, the drinks for a quarter. We we got there late from seven to nine at this place. It's fifty cent beers from nine to eleven, or uh, it's it's a dollar beers. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to tell you about this when I went home. The Fallerville Bar, the the Deshu, where all these uh, all the rednecks <laughs> hang out, like all the old rednecks, they have fifty cent beer night, and the only time you can get a fifty cent beer is when fifty cent is playing over the speakers. <laughs> so all these sixty year old rednecks are waiting to hear in the club, so they can get their fifty cent uh, Milwaukee's best. Oh, Fowlerville. I gotta meet, I gotta go to Fowlerville. Hey, you know what? Speaking of Fowlerville, I'm hanging out with my boy Erod, um, who we've kind of told stories about chlorine kills AIDS. That's what he's known for. <laughs> and he was telling me when we were hanging out at, uh, BW3, by the way, which they have down here, Wings Place. Yeah, I, I, was, um, I was thinking about that place the other day. He was telling me, he was like, have you ever met Dubs' mom? And I thought about it, and I was like, yes. I've never met Dubs' family. Yet Erod, our Cuban friend, spent the night at your place in Fowlerville. What did your mom say about him? He was in taking a shower at the time, and and she's like, what is he? I'm like, he's Cuban. And she's like, oh, I've heard things about those people. <laughs> and that's the, that's the gene pool I swam out of. <laughs> that's what Dubs came from. And I asked him, I asked him point blank. I was like, is she fat? And he goes, no, she's like kind of tall and skinny. And he was like, that place is a wreck, though. Oh, <laughs> I told you it was a wreck. Box. Yeah. It was, it was the worst. And it, it got even worse after I moved out here. But I'm glad to tell you that my mom and my little brother have moved to a new house. They built a new house uh, last month, and it just, they just moved into it. So Look at the dubses moving up in life. Well, Good they, for them. We started selling our land like we're goddamn it, Indians or something. And how much is it? Because you told me you, you got land in Fallerville that's worth what? Uh, all the land together, $2 million. <laughs> Shut up. I swear to I God. I know, and that's what's so weird. I can't believe anything in Fallerville is worth $2 million. Actually, alone, Livingston well, County, where Fallerville is, was the uh, most growing uh, county in the U.S. for like two years straight. And it was also the syphilis capital of the world. It was never the syphilis capital of the world. You're thinking of Baltimore. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Uh, same thing. We were right, the we Lynchin take... capital of the world. That's right. Home of the Grand Wizard of the KKK. Used to be. Well, well, Dubs, we actually have homework that we have to do. Oh, yeah. Don't you love so sh that? Should we take our commercial break and come back and let's uh, give a little first. a little radio lesson on the air? Well, let's set it up when we get back. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> well, good. That's why we need the commercial break. <laughs> I'll tell you this. They want us to cut a spot, a commercial spot, but I'm obviously in Dallas. Dubs is in D.C., so we have to cut the commercial on the air so that it can air by 9 o'clock in the morning. We don't mind doing the commercial, and we're excited that we're getting our voice out there. And I hear it's they want prime spots. Yeah, to run during Howard and Don and Mike. But just the fact that, hey, let's get the hideout to cut a spot. Oh, wait, Hefe's in Dallas. So coming up next in the hideout, you get to hear me and Dubs read. And <laughs> although it doesn't sound like it would be all that fun. If, you've ever been, if you were ever in when we're trying to cut these spots... It's pretty fun because I am not the, the most strong reader in the world, which is pretty what? sad. Oh, come on. But I cannot read that well. I don't Your know what a janitor. I, what do you mean? I don't. 
I don't, uh, you know, want to kill anybody's uh, anybody's uh, speculations. That I'm a uh, very educated man. I cannot read well. I. Uh, I got uh, a, a diploma from Potterville High School without the great ability to read. So that tells you the uh, fine institution that I came out of. So, coming up next, we're going to read for you in the hideout. Uh, I guess a quick commercial break, Dubs. We'll come back. We'll wrap this thing up. It's the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. <laughs> Put me back up. I had it on the totally wrong bake altogether. <laughs> Bank three, go with the FCC I... one. Look at me. I, I I produced the show from Dallas. No, you don't. Where's you don't... Tommy during all this? You don't do Jack. He, he's doing a great job. Leave him alone. I know he is. Why do you? I know he's doing other things too. God, I wish I could talk about it on the air. I what got else so are you many. Doing? Come on, Tommy. Just make it now. Make it. Ha we don't. You know, honestly, we don't have time to do it. We don't have time to talk about what Tommy did. We'll have to wait till I'm in studio next Saturday night. The Hideout, featuring L. Hefe and J. Dubs. I'm a slave of the Hideout, and I want free. Dubs, I love your show. I think it's great that you let the other guy hang out every weekend. You can't call me to it anymore, Mo. The Hideout. You're listening to a weekend show with a real plan for convincing management. No. It's time do another for five one. Days a week. <laughs> Why? Do the gate voice one. That one shouldn't be aired anymore. What was wrong with that? <laughs> that one's not FCC compliant. Do okay. the gay voice one. <laughs> what? 38? Yeah. No, wait, don't do that one. Hey, this is fun. Don't do that one. 35. Hey, uh, yeah, do the no, don't do that one. That one's not airable either. Do the one about the voices. Why are they still the on here? Oh, okay. Because I'm lazy. There we I go. have a very professional <laughs> broadcast quality radio No, no, voice. no. You have a top 40 gay voice. That's what you have. J-Dubs. My voice caters the retards. LFA and J-Dubs. Live until 11 on 106.7 WJFK. It is the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. And now you're hearing some of the uh, drawbacks from uh, me running the show back here when I really don't know where everything is and I'll have to be in another state even and uh, broadcasting live from Live 105.3 in Dallas, Texas. That's right. Uh, doing the show, which I think is... A couple of stumbles here and there, but right. I mean, you got a mini delay, but I think we've handled everything so far considering that you're uh, in D.C. and I'm in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, we've, I think we've done pretty good for our first time even doing anything like this before. So, uh, a lot of fun, and I want to, we'll, we'll give all the thank yous at the end of this. You know, so, Bill O'Reilly does it over the phone. You know, have you ever heard him do, uh, do uh, yes. shows over the phone? Yes. Oh, when he's there? Yeah, I have heard that actually. Um, so Dubs and I are moving into this whole new weird realm at WJFK. We're starting to gain some legitimacy, and they want us to now voice commercials that are to run all week long, like major commercials for major clients. And you know what? I've been told so many times that I can't be on commercials here and at our old station, and now they're, they're asking for it. They want it. And, and, and my contention always was that Dubs is a personality. Yes, he has a weird radio voice, but people know Dubs's voice. Yeah, you definitely stick out when you're going through all of the, the you know the voices that come out via the airwaves. Good or bad, and I'm identifiable. Our yes, our old program director used to yell 
and scream whenever you were on any sort of a liner or a promo or a commercial. He even brought you into the studio, into his office to say, Dubs, you will never be a major market talent because you have a horrible well, voice. Here's the funny thing. He wasn't even the program director of my station I was on. I, he was like he was loosely called the operations manager, where he kind of oversaw everything going on in every station. But no one had any respect for him, and just gave him that title because they wanted, you know, to get him off the air and doing more of the grunt work because the uh, owners weren't in town. And you know, he so he uh, kind of stumbled into this title of being, you know, the uh, the uh, operations manager for four different stations. And then, too, when Dubs got here, the only major argument that you and Bob, or uh, you and uh, Cameron have had... Bob's are all... Was when, yeah, w is when Cameron said that he didn't want you on any, any commercials because of your voice. Yeah, he and struck a chord right there. Yeah, he, uh, Dubs got livid and started yelling at him at OCB. Then you pulled the tarred card on Tammy, our promotions lady. Just I hear, the whole, I hear she baby's was, doing fine, too, so that's good. Okay, good. Uh, she was part of collateral damage, I guess, if you mess with Dubs and uh, talking about his voice. Well, she, she is the uh, one who started, actually, the uh, what we were talking about in that, uh, that uh, liner we just played where I said my voice caters to retards. You know? Oh, that's right. That's yeah, what, that's what she said. She said, uh, "She's like, yeah, your voice is fine if you're talking to retarded people." And now I said, "Well, your baby's gonna love it. Your baby's <laughs> gonna love that voice." This is a lady who's like seven months pregnant. You just are full of mean things that you go back and you look and you listen to the show. You tell you tell your chick after high school who's having female problems that it's her fault because it took a beating in high school referring to her area. And then you pull the tard card on a pregnant lady. Well, you know, uh, I, I feel bad about the uh, the taking a beat in high school. I'm not I'm not retracting the uh, the the tard card. The tard so card's still on the table. So here's the situation. Duh, I get an email. It's so funny I get the email like yesterday. Thank goodness I'm able to check my email at my buddy's places. Yeah. And um, it's just uh, nobody calls me. I mean, what if I hadn't checked my email? But I, I see something where it's like uh, from Cameron and Julie Fullman, um, our general sales manager, about the hideout, cutting a, a commercial. We have to cut a commercial. And it's like, hello, does no, you don't realize that I'm in Dallas? That Dubs is in D.C.? And the funny when thing are we gonna is, do this? Has, how are we going to do this? I have to email it to her by uh, Monday morning. So there's no way we can even hold off on it until you get back. I have to do it. We have to do it now. And we have to do it, sadly, on the air. So we're now going to play radio. We're going to play production. It's a little production game. Um, this, is, this is how it goes on behind the scenes. We have all of these fun little technology things that allow us to edit and make us sound like we're actual human beings. Except they can't take the uh, sponge tongue out of Dubs. No. So, so Dubs and I are going to be reading this script for UPS. All right? Okay. And i got to say, I love UPS. UPS <laughs> is great. It is. They, they, I, their delivery is timely, efficient, and perfect. And this isn't even a spot yet. So, it seems so hacked that we're doing this on the air. It's stupid. It's and stupid Campbell's that we like, have to do this on the air. And Campbell's like, yeah, go ahead and do it on the air. And it's like, well, we can't do it before, uh, you know, because we've got to get everything set up. We can't do it after because the Stacy show's got to go. Do it during a break. There are no commercials <laughs> in the hideout. It's music. So now we're going to do a commercial 
on the air. And what's so funny is that this probably won't even air in the hideout. No, probably not. <laughs> They're going to air it everywhere else but the hideout. Or they'll say, hey, why don't you guys just uh, redo it live again on the hideout? For uh, Yeah. It, no, I, we did it once. I'm not doing it. It'll again. air during Stern and Don and Mike, but, uh, yeah, there's not enough money left over in the buying for the hideout. All right. Dubs? <laughs> I guess it starts with me. Now, here's the beauty of this, too. Dubs, you never did any acting, did you? No. I, however... I'm a professional actor. You are not a professional actor. You're you're a professional actor on the high school standards. <laughs> what? You are. You've never done anything past high school. I did. I excuse me. I did acting on the college level. I was a national qualifier in duo interpretation, dramatic interpretation, uh, um, along with various things like communication analysis and uh, what college? Uh, what college? Texas Tech University. Thirteenth grade. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We all didn't go to Spex Howard School of Broadcasting. Wish we all would have. We would be a lot more professional in this business if we did. We wouldn't be doing spots on the air if everybody went to Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts in uh, Southfield, Michigan. I can't believe they stole all that money from you. They you obviously actually, don't they have didn't. a professional radio voice. They didn't take any money from me. Because you haven't paid. <laughs> Uh, all right. Let's I'm hiding right now. <laughs> hiding from the government and the... I, I'm, the, I'm on the, uh, the, uh, the student loan protection program. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. And we're your, we're your Saturday night radio show. Yeah. All right, we're dead some water here. I'm, I'm a deadbeat dad when it comes to paying my student loan. Yeah, like that's the first time. Yeah. Like follow the show. All right, so this is a little script where Dubs and I are going back and forth. Okay. okay. And, uh... I'll go, uh all right, um, I'm, I'm just going on my cue, all right? Is Bateman recording this? Yes, he you is. You got everything yes. cool to go and we're yes, recording? Yes, we're, we're recording it in two different places, so we're fine. All right, beautiful. All right. Dubs, <laughs> I almost feel nervous about this. I do, too, because I know I'm just going to cut this all the hell and I'm not going to want to do it after we, after we butcher it like three times in a row. I'm going to be like, <laughs> screw it. Let Tommy and uh, Fidel cut it. I don't care. <laughs> all right. Here we go, Dubs. All right. Hey, Hefe, I noticed you got a... Uh, you need to do it a little bit more, you know. Hey, Hefe. I noticed you uh, got your car fixed this weekend. No, I don't want to do it like that. I want to be me. I want to be me. That, sadly, we only have seven and a half minutes to do this. Yeah. I don't think it's going to get done. So we got to hurry up and do this, all right? Quit cutting me off. Because right, even if we do it badly, at least it's done, okay? All right. Hey, Hefe, I can't do it. <laughs> There's no way we're going to get this done. All right. <laughs> Alright, hold on. At least I'm doing it with a smile like uh, they used to tell us in broadcasting school. Okay. Alright. Dubs, you gotta do this. Do you need to clear out the studio so that nobody's looking at you? No. I'm so fine. it's just like it's you and me? No, it's, I'm fine. I, but There's everybody no laughing at first just kind of threw me off, and now I got that. And now I got the giggles. You mean, I got the giggles. You mean uh, everybody laughing, meaning Hefe starting to laugh? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's a, that that reverb makes him sound like a lot of people right now. All right, okay. s All right. You know what? Maybe you should clear the studio. Go ahead and clear the studio. I hate to say goodbye to everybody, but we, we seriously do have to get this done. Okay. <laughs> so sad. I know I'm gonna just butcher it. All right. 
Hey, Hefe, I noticed you got your car fixed this weekend. How in the world did you get it back so fast? <laughs> All right. Hey, Hefe, I noticed you got your car fixed this weekend. No, I'll start over. Hey, Hefe. Hey, Hefe, I heard... I can't do it now. I, I, I was fine. I was focused. And then all this started happening. Hey, Hefe, I noticed... You... Stop talking, douchebag. Hey, Hefe, I noticed you got your car fixed this weekend. How in the world did you get it done so fast? It took me forever to get my car back when it broke down last month. Yes, we nailed the first sentence. All right. Well, you know that. Pl- All right. Well, you know that place, Chandler Automotive. All right, let me do that over. Please well, you do. know that place. <laughs> God damn you! This is what you did to me. So, go to hell. Well, you know that place, Chandler Automotive. It's right down the street, and I hear them advertising our station during the Pat Goss show every weekend. So I thought I'd see what they're about. So I thought I'd see what they're all about. Again. I got to do the whole thing over. Yes, yeah, so I'm not. Gonna, I, I'm not going to see your editing. I already have to edit in between, Ellis. Yes, again. I thought I thought I nailed that read. I'm sorry. Well, you know that place, Chandler Automotive. It's right down the street, and I hear them advertising our station during the Pat Goss show every weekend. So I thought I'd see what they're all about. And <laughs> don't do it. Like... And that's the funny thing. I got this thing in the email that says we've given all this really long speaking parts to L. And then they give me the one one uh, worders, not even the one liners. Like yeah, and all right. So do and normally and. I took my car in on Friday to get it checked out. It turned out I needed some obscure part that they. De- it turned out that they needed. Oh damn it! Well, how dare you make fun of me? I took my car in on Friday to get it checked out. It turned out that I needed some obscure part that it... (laughs) And this is what it's like in a production room. This is how every single commercial sounds when people are trying to record it in a studio. Don't be fooled and think that we are horrible. This is what it sounds like in production rooms across the nation. I took my car in on Friday to get it checked out. It turned out that I needed some obscure part that they don't even keep in stock. But they told me they could get it in overnight and have my car ready on Saturday. But those places never get the parts when they say they will, especially when it's for Saturday delivery. Why bother? No, man. Chandler... I I see. I shouldn't ad-lib the man. No. No, Chandler Automotive came through. They said they used UPS. Apparently, they use UPS all the time, so they know the driver, and they know they'll get the... And they know they'll get their delivery on time. Plus, UPS offers Saturday delivery so I could have my car back in time. So I could have my car back with time to spare before the hideout. Yeah, UPS has always come through for me, too. I use their internet shipping. I use their internet shipping every time I need No, to... start Why? over. Why? You, you chop it in the half all the time. And I have to read the whole goddamn thing over? Start over. Don't make me bring you down. Now, this is the last line of the thing. I can bring you off the, the, the board right now, and you're gone. You're done. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, UPS always came through for me, too. I use their Internet shipping every time I need to send a package. Great, now I know where to go. All right. Great, I know where to... <laughs> I'll turn off my mic. Go ahead. <laughs> Great, I know where to go next time I need to get... Turn your mic back on, because it helps, it helps me when you laugh, because I'm not the only one laughing myself. So thank you. Everybody's laughing at you, I promise. Go yeah, ahead. You did the same goddamn thing. Somehow I'm more professional. Go no, ahead. you aren't. If you were listening to, to you 
when you did this. We're going to listen back to it later, too. We're going to replay the whole thing. All without edits next week on the high down. You're going to hear how bad you suck, too. Dude, we only have one more sentence. Nail it. Come on. Two more sentences. Please. Great. Now, actually, turn your mic back on because that background noise is going to be different when... when All right. Go ahead. Great. Now I know to take my car next time it breaks down because we both know there will be a next time. UPS, what can Brown do for you? All right. Now let me cut that last line. UPS, what can Brown do for you? Well, all right. Now we, let's do it together. Ready? UPS. UPS. What can Brown... We can't because we have that delay. We have that one second delay. All right. Do it on the count three. I'll, I'll follow you. <laughs> one, two, three. UPS. What can, what can Brown do for you? It's not even matching up. It's so retarded. This is what happens. This is the extending the adolescence. <laughs> All right, hey, let's do. It. Let's try to nail it one more time. To do the script, the whole script, one more time, back and forth, together, like professionals. All right. Okay. Let's let's suck it up. We're on the air live. We got to nail it. It's a live spot. Are okay. you ready? We got. We got. If we don't hit it this time, I'm just gonna cut up what we got because we gotta get out of here. Hey, Hefe, right. I know. Shut up. Hey, Hefe, I noticed you got your car fixed this weekend. How in the world did you get it back so fast? It took me forever to get my car back when it broke down last month. Well, you know that place, Chandler Automotive? It's right down the street, and I hear them advertising our station during the Pat Goss show every weekend, so I thought I'd see what they're all about. And? I took my car in on Friday to get it checked out. It turned out I, it turned out I needed some obscure part that they don't even keep in stock, but they told me they could get it in overnight and have my car ready on Saturday. But those places never, those places never get those parts before. God damn it! <laughs> But those places never get those parts before they say they will, especially when it's for Saturday delivery. Why bother? Oh, come on. No, right. come on. Try that one more time. You can get it. But those places never get the parts when they say they will, especially when it's for Saturday delivery. Why bother? No. No, Chandler Automotive came through. They said they used UPS. Apparently, they use UPS all the time, so they know the driver, and they know they'll get the delivery on time. Plus, UPS offers Saturday delivery so I can have my car back with time to spare before the hideout. Yeah, UPS came through for me too. I use their internet shopping. I use their internet. I use their internet shipping every time I send a package. You can't start it with a laugh. Come on, start from the beginning. Shut up. Shut your mouth. We all, we're all over the limit now. <laughs> I, I use their internet shipping every time I need to send a package. Great. Now I'll know where to go next time my car breaks down. Because we both know there'll be a next time. UPS. What can Brown do for you? Hit the out music. Yay! <laughs> Christ, a very professional broadcast. Way to struggle through the end of the show. <laughs> I've never, I've never left a show crawling like that before. I, I told you, Dubs wanted to do that like at the beginning of the show, and I was like, we got to do that at the end because you know we're gonna butcher but, it. But I don't, I didn't want to go home feeling like a retard. If, if I, if I, we did it at seven. I knew that we would, uh, you know, have moved past it. Now I have to stew in this for, like, an hour. <laughs> Until next Saturday night when we get to replay it. You want to start the, you want to start the show with that? Yeah. That'll be beautiful. Start. Well, apologies to Stacy because we're running a little bit late. But I think National Lampoon's radio can start a little late as well. Uh, Got to give the thank yous. 
want to say thank you to Gavin Spittle, the program director of Live 105 here in Dallas. Uh, hooked me up big time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure broadcasting from my hometown. Say thank you to their engineer, Jay Walker, who had things set up perfectly for me here in Dallas. Lee Harris, who was here on site in case we had any issues throughout the broadcast. Very nice, professional people here at Live 105.3. And I want to say thanks to Dan, who uh, gave me the tour of Live 105. Uh, Dan and Tasso are, I guess, coming on next here at uh, here in Dallas. want to say thank you to Sideshow. Thank you to Bateman. Dubby's a Dubby's a virgin. Who did an amazing job making everything happen. I want to say thank you to my Dallas producer, Sam. Sam, who was here and helped me out with uh, all things needing to go on. Say thank you to Cameron and, of course, Wendell, both of whom allowed me to do this show from Dallas while on vacation. Naysayers. Be back in studio next Saturday night. Um, as uh, we'll be back, uh, vacation will be over. Be back at the mighty WJFK, the hideout. We'll be broadcasting all of it, originating from deep within the uh, WJFK compound. Dubs, good job, brother. Five thousand, man. Thank you to Stacy for not getting too pissed at us for going over. We appreciate it. Uh, She's giving yeah, me the stink you. eye, but you know. Nice. How about the brown eye? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next Saturday night. Tune in. We out, bitch. 5,000. 5,000. Don't listen to the naysayers. Tubby's a fag. Tubby's a virgin. Oh, God, no more. No. for the homosexual content of this last scene. We now join this fiercely heterosexual sketch already in progress.